Porch Podcast. Thank you for listening to us. Front Porch Podcast. Talking about things and stuff. Welcome back once again to the Front Porch Podcast. My name is Phil, and uh, we're doing things a little bit differently today. Uh, it, I am joined only by Mike. Mike, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm good. And uh, Jared uh, is here in spirit. Uh, he, had a, he has a family uh, event today. No, he's let's, not able to make it. let's tell him what he's really doing. He's ice fishing in Australia. That is what he told us. That is. So, I mean, and uh, we hope that he hits it big with a... A big Australian fish. A gator, if you will. A gator. But uh, we, we are uh, joined today by a guest uh, out of Kansas City, and uh, not a guest that we know by radio uh, that I have met uh, through any means of that. It's a, it's a recording artist, uh, one half of Madison Ward and the Mama Bear. Madison Ward, how are we doing, man? Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you, bud. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Doing good. Um, sitting here drinking whiskey, but I'm also drinking a little bit of coffee. I don't think you guys saw that, though. Oh, no. So, oh, so yeah. So we're doing a, a back and forth, up and down. Um, I like that you guys have Jared. So you, it's Jared, right? Yeah, Jared. He's propped up on a little photo as a memorial sort of thing. But, yeah, don't don't put it down. I like, well, I like looking at this guy. I feel comforted by his <laughs> his. <laughs> His passenger seat photograph with the seatbelt on. Give him one of these. There you go. There we go. Put the box behind him. When he edits this, he's going to look at this and go, great, guys. That's, that's, that's freaking great. Keep him there. I just feel like <laughs> I'm, I'm somehow I'm connecting with him. You guys are on each side of him, and I just keep looking at him in the middle, and it's, uh, it's making me really comfortable. That's, so. good. that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. He's got that look about him, though. It's just like, you, you're perfect. It, it screams safety because he's wearing a seatbelt and he's he works for the post office yeah look at that you, you can trust a postal worker can you yeah no probably no, not. usually during the anthrax era you could never trust a postal you never knew who it was it was coming in from you know it could be in your backyard it could be overseas it could be anywhere that's true that's very true <laughs> did you guys ever have any anthrax scares do you remember that i do that was like right after 9-11 right was it? I, I, was it before? It had to be before. Was it before? Yeah, I was in elementary school. I really? That, yeah. I don't remember any around here that happened. Yeah. I was, yeah, I don't remember that either. Great for me. I thought it was like in high school era. So that, for me, I thought that was like around, like I graduated in 07. So I thought that was like around, what, 05, 04. I thought it was around that time. Was it yeah. earlier? Huh. I, think I graduated in 08. You graduated in 07. 07, yeah. So yeah. Okay. It, that feels familiar that does yeah yeah that definitely does i thought it was after i thought it was the whole like thing like the panic after 9-11 was anthrax is here now too and yeah yeah well there was a lot going on there during that a lot going on. when i heard about anthrax showing up in the mail i remember that being the most terrifying idea ever the idea that a white powder shows up in your in a letter you get a birthday letter from grandma then you open it up and then you're dead <laughs> something, yeah. <laughs> something like that happened in the 80s with uh tylenol really uh, oh yeah, that, yeah. Why, that's why now they have those uh like caps that are a bitch to open 
and the mm-hmm. seal because back in the day there was people that were putting cyanide pills in Tylenol bottles. I do remember this. And wow, it was a disgruntled worker. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? The people didn't care either because it was like, thank God that headache went away. I mean, <laughs> it's a, you know, that's I the ultimate headache solver as it puts you in the ground. I went away with my headache. I just yeah. remember anthrax and my dumbass thinking, oh yeah, Scott, Scott Ian. <laughs> that's wait what a minute. It, but it was the wrong anthrax because, yeah. you know, whoops. I mean, who thought to name uh, a poison after a band anyways? Yeah, seriously. What the fuck's up with that? <laughs> poison also being, that's another good band name, just poison in general. But, you know, that, I mean, I bet everyone was saying, you know, oh, he died. And you're like, yeah, but thank God he's, he's not bitching about that headache anymore. So he's in the ground. So that's, I mean, there's an upside to some of the Tylenol things. So maybe they shouldn't have made it difficult to open up the bottles. Yeah, definitely not. I can get behind that. Dude, when, when, after a night of too many of these, man, I'm telling you, it's a bitch to open up that town. Oh, God, yeah. Too many of these being like the Goose Island? Mountain. Yeah, some Goose Islands and whatever I feel like that night. I'm telling you, man, the next morning. Now, like wait a minute. A so you're drinking a Goose Island beer there, but Phil's over here drinking, uh, is it, it's a Monster Energy drink. Is that what's happening? It is a Monster Coffee. You guys are in completely, that's a Monster Coffee. They do coffee now? Yeah, they've had coffee. Oh, wow. Actually, it's not terrible. Really? Yeah. What does it taste like? Is it vicious or like uh, you know those uh, those Starbucks ones you can buy in the gas station? Okay, yeah, the like, double shot, yeah, like a knockoff brand of those. It tastes like. Oh, okay, nice. So it's I not great, but it's not terrible. I don't can't remember the last time drinking an energy drink though. You know, like uh, Rockstar, it tastes like a bag of Skittles. Yep. You know? yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then I, all I do now is the black coffee. This is an Americano, though. So it's espresso with hot boiling water. And I don't know. That's about as close as I'll get. I had a tiny yeah. Red Bull before this because I've been up since 6 a.m. for work. Not, a <laughs> tiny Red Bull? They make tiny Red Bulls? It's that little eight ounce one. Little baby bull. Little, little baby bull. Yeah. Not the full bull. <laughs> <laughs> Not the full bull, because I want to be bouncing off the walls asking like weird questions, like, you know, what's your foot size? Yeah, you I would answer too. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask that question to you, Madison. You don't. Uh, you don't. Uh, you never want to go full bull. No, no, don't go full bull. <laughs> never go full bull. Don't go. You just start shaking and sweating profusely. Yeah, it's, it's like, not oh, he good. went. He went full bull and made a cyanide capsule to get rid of it. The, he went. <laughs> the 80, 80s were a wild time. At that point, you might as well just be doing cocaine. Yeah. What was another thing like that? Tylenol. That was a. That's supposed to be anti-inflammatory. Is it? That is that what Tylenol is? I think it doesn't. It no. That's acetaminophen. Doesn't it? Isn't it a blood thinner? Isn't Tylenol? Yeah. Tylenol is a blood thinner. I believe. I believe ibuprofen. 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 I think. Because they were talking about when COVID was striking and getting huge and crazy, they were saying maybe don't take, was it to not take the ibuprofen? Oh, yeah. I yeah. Do yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I just, I mean, so I, I got rid of all ibuprofen in my house, Tylenol, Advil, anything. That I, ugh, I was trying to take the vitamin D and I was trying to, I don't know. I was you trying to inject it. In, in, in your body inject light inside your body like, yeah i was like, trying to i went outside i was trying to eat light i was trying to eat it i was like i was in the just in the yard just like a dog just like when a dog's trying to bite the wind and its head's outside the window i was just trying to eat light and they were like what are you doing madison i said trust me i read a thing this works and sure enough i haven't gotten covid yet i think it was from eating all the light there you go uh speaking of not getting covid uh you're one half of Madison Ward and, of course, the Mama Bear. 
Yes. Uh, how's Mama Bear been? She's doing good. I think she actually got a vaccine shot here just the other day, the first one. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, yeah, her and I have been doing a podcast and we've been playing music. So we meet up kind of every week and uh, just uh, we're still kind of distance. I still I keep getting freaked out. You know, she's had a couple of really bad um, uh, pneumonia bouts uh, in the, over the past like years. So I keep telling her, look, just do all you can to stay away from this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. You had your pneumonia bouts. Let's not like, adding COVID on top of it might not be the best for you. She's an older woman, so I wanted to stay safe and uh, you know st- keep away from the the COVID as much as possible. But she's got the one more shot to take, and then she'll be. Uh, that's all it for the vaccine, I think. I know uh, a lot. Some people that I've talked to have had. Has she any had had any side effects from the vaccine? Uh, I hear the second one is the doozy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one she hasn't gotten it yet, but she's about to get it. And so fingers crossed, you know, that uh, she, she doesn't have to worry about anything, but hopefully not. I don't know. I've been hearing. Uh, talk a little bit uh, about Madison Ward and the Mama Bear. I've, I've had this conversation with you when you've come and you've played at uh, shows for Alt Buffalo. Uh, how did you decide to start playing music with your mother, your mother? It really wasn't a decision at all. You know, it was just, it just happened. And we, like, it was, um, you know, you know, the more and the more and more her and I got in out into the spotlight, people kept thinking like that it was sort of a big decision that we had made. They were like, who, how, who, who was the first one to decide? And I was like, and I was, we were looking at each other. Like, did we decide or were we just kind of, she was in the coffee shops playing I was playing music, but I wasn't in the coffee shops with her, but I kept going to see her play. Sometimes she would say, hey, come up and join me on this one song or come up and play on this one tune. And then after a while, she was like, hey, you just go play. I'm going to go take a break. You go play during my break. So she would do these shows all the time. And then I would go play 30 minutes during a break, share some original I had written. She was like, hey, play that one song that you you played for me. And I said, okay, okay. And she always championed my really ridiculous music or the stuff that I didn't quite know where it fit. And she'd say, go play that song. And after a while, we just started playing together. Oh, it says my internet connection is unstable, is, is what it just said. Is, are we still good? Do you still yep. have me? Yep. You're yeah, yeah, we still have you. We still have you. It kind of broke okay. up for a second, but. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, no worries. But uh, so we stopped doing the whole me playing during our break. And we started sharing the evening. And we just, we kept playing, like, um, we threw out all the covers. We kept playing covers. And I said, Mom, let's, let's try to just do a whole night of original music. She said, okay, let's try that. And people started coming out just to hear the original music. And we were like, dang, really, do you, should we just keep going with this? You know, and, we, and it, it just kept happening. And, and then we were like, well, let's go record something. Let's give ourselves some sort of a name. I just wanted to call it Mama Bear at first. I liked the title of just Mama Bear. And then I looked up online, there was like 17 million bands named Mama Bear. It was like... like that's uh, that's got to be the worst feeling. <laughs> it's, that's all. That's your entire life as a songwriter or any sort of creator. I'm sure you guys even know this, like, you know, making the podcast and doing your stuff. There's nothing new. There's, everything has been done. Everything has been. Absolutely. It, yeah, and so we just, my dad was like, you're writing the songs, Madison. Put your name in there. So I said, how about Madison Ward and the Mama Bear? He's like, do that. So that's kind of how we got cooking, you know, just writing as much as possible, and people seemed to like it. So we just kept doing it because people liked it. 
it's such a catchy name too. I mean, having your name in front of the mama bear, it's, I, I don't know. It just puts that little bit of like zest on it. You know, I, I've, when, every time I explain to like friends of mine uh, about like your music and uh, your band and what you guys do, I'm just like, yeah, you know, it's Madison Ward and the mama bear. And they're like, that's a cool name. That's a really Thanks, cool man. name. So, I'm really into um, like syllables and um, just think the way things sound. Like it's got to be get a get a get a get a get So yeah. Madison Ward and the da da da. It's got to, yeah. to me, it's just, it's, it's about, it's got to have like a, a beat to it, you know, just so, yeah. so yeah. And it sounded like a children's book story title. I thought whenever we first came up with it, it just sounded like a kid's book story title. Like I kind of like that story like, title sort of thing. Like a fairy tale almost. Exactly. And that's kind of how we approach a lot of music. We don't, it's very fictionalized and it's real um, like silly, or we might sing about something that maybe the the lyric is a little bit dark, but, the melody's really happy and just kind of, it, we're, we're just building our own world that we just want to live in, you know? So that's really what, that's really kind of what that title, I think, embodies. Uh, you said that you guys, uh, originally you were playing some covers and stuff. Was one of those covers uh, Dreams? Because I know that made it, uh, I love, that's an absolutely beautiful cover. And it absolutely. sounds like it's something that you guys have been playing for a while that you finally have decided to record. Yeah, we um, we were reco- we were covering we were recovering we were recovering alcoholics. No, we we covered uh, the we covered the song Dreams for a while. And um, my mom used to do so many covers, just a lot of different songs. And that was one that we did in the coffee shops. And and once we started getting out, we were like, we should do at least a couple. I think during some of these live shows. And she wanted to do this Tracy Chapman tune. And I just told her, I said, as much as I even love Tracy, and I think that would be amazing, I said, something about dreams, I think, is going to appeal to just a lot of different sort of, it doesn't matter what type of music you listen to, doesn't matter what your age is. I just think something about Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac sort of found this incredible secret sauce on how to touch on every age, genre, race, generation, didn't matter. It just something was in this weird little pocket and I told her, I said, if you're going to go record something for Sirius XM, do, do Dreams. And I think it kind of had that effect. And, and, but she was about to do this song by Tracy Chapman called Sorry, which I don't know if you ever heard that song. Sorry more than you can oh, yeah. say. Yeah. You know yeah. 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 And you can say, baby. It's an incredible song. Not the song that I thought needed to be covered for Sirius. And so she did Dreams and it kind of, spread like wildfire and then we did a full-on recording of it but um yeah love that song it's amazing it's off a timeless record i mean mm-hmm. i i mean i collect a lot of vinyl and everyone says your uh, your collection is not complete unless you have rumors yeah yes and it's it's so it's so true and, and you nailed it right on the head like it is a timeless record that speaks to every creed it doesn't yes. matter where you're what line of work you're in what walk of life here and it's it's a timeless record there's not a bad song on it it's a I don't, perfect cover it's it's beautiful thank you thank you so much i don't know what it is about their music that does that i can't i, I don't know if i can put my finger on it. it 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 didn't really it wasn't beholden to the era of when it was coming out and being created some just i don't know what it was it was kind of like what the beatles were doing just kind of making whatever you can tell they were making melodies they wanted to hear and it wasn't about capturing the the era or the songs of the day or um 
you know, just, yeah, just putting melody first. I, I keep listening to, um, what's the song where Lindsey Buckingham's playing on that? Uh, it's all acoustic and they get rid of all the electric, um, never going back again. Never, yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Man, I listened to that song so many times. <laughs> that so. song, it dictates my life, I think. Just that. Such a hard riff to play, too. <laughs> Have you played it? Are you guys, are you guys both guitarists? So uh, I was going to bring this up, actually. Mike is a musician. Okay, nice. Yeah. He's working on a new album right now. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah I'm, working on my, yeah, I'm working on my second album, yeah. Is this real or are you guys joking with me? It, no, you, no, no, no. Okay, Phil yeah. said it almost in a way that sounded like no, I was in, I was <laughs> in some bands over the years. Uh, I started a band in high school. We toured for a while, and it was kind of cool. We were kind of nice. like, uh, pop punky, and then I joined another band. Me and my brother were in a band for a while uh, called Debt to Nature, hmm. and we just had problems with uh, – well, I'm not going to go into super depth, but we had a guitar player that had a uh, habit that he couldn't break. Oh man, I'm so, sorry to hear that. And it's hard in Buffalo to, it's kind of hard in Buffalo to find musicians nowadays. I, I, I'm finding the older I get. Now we're the same age. I, I'm assuming we both graduated in '07, so we're about 31. Yeah, I was held back about a decade, but no, I'm okay. 40. No. So you're 41. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm finding it increasingly hard. Uh, there's there's a lot of people our age that just don't want it yeah. anymore. You know, there's a lot of people that just kind of sit back and go, okay, I need to fall into the trope of, well, I'm going to work the nine to five, wife, kids, picket fence, all that stuff. And it's, it's, right. that's, that's good. And I, I'm not knocking that in any way. You know, if you want what you want, but I've seen a lot of talented people just go, all right, I'm good. It's like, I tried. It's like, you, 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 did you? you right, know? right. A lot, a lot of, of my are... friends and I try to talk to them about it. It's like, ah. A lot of people, I think, are afraid to, you know, like some people are afraid of being bad, but a lot of people are, are afraid of being good. You know, like whenever you're actually good, and then that door opens and the thing says, hey, why don't you come through this door? It's like, oh, shit. Like, I got to go through the door and I got to go actually be good. Um, now's the moment that I like I have no excuses. I, like, yeah. no, like I have to live up to that opportunity and to those chances. And people don't want to do that. What was that moment like for you? When, when, uh, when it came time to say, listen, this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is now my path. And I'm going to take that first step through the door. It's very easy, in my opinion. Like for me, it was really easy because ever since I was, I want to say seven years old, I was like, oh, I want to work in the performing arts. And I didn't quite know what it was, but I knew that my uncle was an actor. That's my mom's brother who's on that show The Wire, his name's Isaiah Whitlock Jr. And I used to watch him in movies and Spike Lee films and the theater whenever I was a kid. So I thought to myself, <clears throat> I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a, like, a performing artist. I don't know how, maybe an actor, musician. I used to actually get like the classified ads like from That's like amazing. yeah you remember, you remember newspapers oh okay okay yeah i know well, i know yeah. phil just held up the photo of your uncle i was like oh my god yeah yeah yeah. great actor and i used to you know he's actually in goodfellas for like two seconds he talked to ray Liotta really for two seconds yeah he was oh, like a awesome. he was ray Liotta's doctor and i remember thinking that was insane and 
I would get the actual want ads, the classified ads, the old newspaper when I was a little kid and I would be looking for like acting jobs. And I remember one time actually trying to go out for a Oscar Mayer Wiener commercial whenever I was a little kid. Yeah, they had to do an audition to learn the song. You know that, I want to be an Oscar Mayer Wiener. That is what I truly like I to be. be. Yeah. If I were an Oscar Mayer Wiener. Wiener. Everyone would be in love with me. So I went out for that. that. He unlocked a core memory for me right now. (laughs) Perfect. And I I went out for it too. And I was so, you know, just completely um, as white as a black guy could go. And And I didn't do a good job. And my face just went pale. And I was just, I did terrible. And I'm in the car and I'm like, I, I knew I blew it, and my mom was like, you should have gave him some of that, like, razzle-dazzle, some pizzazz. I was like, I know, and I was just, oh, it was an awful experience, man. Traumatized me, so I can't eat hot dogs ever since. But other than that, I'll say, I, what was the thing? What would you, what, oh, the question was, what was it like going through the door? It was super easy because I had wanted that since I was a little kid. So I had yeah. staked. There was nothing to lose. I had nothing to lose. I'm like, worst case scenario, I got to go find a terrible job or whatever. But when those doorways open, you have to walk through it every time. I just encourage people to do it. I've seen so many amazing bands, like even in Kansas City, local bands, whatever, people that will tell me they didn't want to go do the big giant festival that was offered to them because... I don't think he was offering me enough money. And I said, I think you're scared of having to actually yeah. go, go be good. Yeah. And it like, cause that's a terrible opportunity to pass up. I mean, I mean a great opportunity to pass up. That's another mindset. I feel like I've encountered a lot here. A lot of people are like, well, am I going to get paid for this? It's like, fuck getting paid. You get to entertain people. Right. And that's a conversation I've had so many times over the years. It's like, I will play to one or 1000. Right. I don't care. I don't right. care. It, it, I'm going to play the same show regardless of the amount of people. I'm going to play the same show. If you throw me 50 bucks at the end of the night, I'll appreciate the shit out of you. Yeah, If you exactly. throw me absolutely nothing, I played two hours. I did two hours of every of something I am absolutely in love with doing. Yes. So it's, you not, have a, to love it's it. not a waste of my time. Exactly. You, know? so, you really do have to love it too, right? Like, it's like if, you're, you do. If, you, if you love it on that level, I can't see why... You know, yeah, I mean, at some point you would like to have some sort of recognition for what you're doing and the hard work you're putting into it. It's nice. You know, you want to make a living. You want to be able to do it repeatedly because it is a it's a privilege. But yes, yes, absolutely. But even whenever you are just playing for one person, two people, it's like you're you you should be like I get a lot out of playing music when there's nobody at the house. It's yep. just, you know, it's yep. just me. So it's like, what else do you, if you can go do that on stage, great. That's a bonus if people are going to go watch it. But I can do this at the house for two hours and be having a great time. You know, you never get bored. It's be, speaking of uh, playing stuff at your house, uh, you should follow Madison Ward on social media because I think, it, I, I wouldn't say about once a week, but a couple times a month, you put out some, uh, some quarantine tunes, as you call them. <laughs> and, uh, and they're pretty little ditties. Thanks, man. They're pretty, and some of them are really, really funny. I've caught on Instagram. I'm like, he's just singing about whatever the hell comes to his mind. I, I really hope, I sometimes like hope nobody really dissects some of the lyrics because there are like, 
there's moments like nuggets where there's like connective tissue, lyrical connective tissue where I'm just kind of like, I hope nobody really caught what happened here. And, <laughs> and sometimes I can tell some people really don't. They'll be like, oh, that was really funny. I'm like, good. Yep. That was, or they'll, yeah. they'll focus on the wrong thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. They didn't catch that thing that I did from whatever. But uh, that was fun, man, because we were all terrified. This COVID thing was hitting. Nobody knew if they were going to die on a Wednesday. And we were all just trying to figure out what was happening. And I just started writing music. I was like, this is cathartic. I was writing. I was playing. I was, you know, just drinking coffee. And just, you know, I was like, if the ship's going down, you know, the Titanic is going down. Let's be the violinist on the Titanic. Let's not be the guy who's trying to shoot Jack. You know that guy? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> was that Billy Zane? Don't be Billy Zane on the Titanic. Yeah, you never want to be Billy Zane. Maybe yeah. maybe Billy Zane in Zoolander, but not on the yeah. Titanic. Yeah, Billy Zane in Zoolander possible because it's more of a cameo. Yes, yes, absolutely. But on the yeah, on the Titanic, you want to be the the orchestra. Yes, yes, you want to be you want to be those three guys that just set that somber mood. Yeah, what would you? What would be your Titanic song? That would. That's a cool question Ooh, to that's ask. That's a good question. We should start. Like that should be a good that question. Damn. What's your good. What's your Titanic song? And you're going down, and you're like, I got to play one last thing before the cold water goes into my lungs. Definitely, baby, I got back. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind is I believe in a thing called love. I believe in a thing called love. I believe in a thing called love. As he hits yeah. it. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I believe in a That's perfect, man. Yeah, just the water. Yeah, you hit that high pitched note. And that's that's just God saying, Yeah, we, we're done with that. We need that's, to go ahead and get, get him in that water. That's a question I gotta ask my mom. So fun fact that you might know. I don't know if you know, Phil, and I'm I'm I know you don't know Madison. My great great grandmother had tickets for the Titanic for third class. Oh yeah. You, you told me that because what? your mom, your yep. mom used to watch like Titanic My shows. mom would watch marathons of Titanic movies from like all the way from the fucking fifties to the modern 90, 1999 classic with Leo. Right. Right. And, well, the funniest joke I ever heard was from my dad. Uh, so the one time I walk in, my mom's watching like a whole marathon on the game, see or something. And, I walk in, I go, mom, why are you watching this? I was like, you've watched like three or four of these in a row. And my dad walks by and he goes, yeah, I don't know. She's like expecting the ending to change or something. And I'm like, oh, God, dad, no. But yeah. That's but hilarious. Bruce Willis is still a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my great, great grandmother had a ticket. Um, she was wow. going to come over and uh, right before uh, it's at sale. Her friends convinced her to stay. And really? She, she sold her tickets and caught, I guess you could say, caught the next one. Wow. Yeah. Some guy was scalping tickets, I wonder. Can yeah. you imagine getting tickets for the Titanic? Like, the idea of getting tickets, like, that's a whole, I never think about that part, you know? Like, oh, babe, I got tickets. I got, I got two. tickets Titanic. Yeah, it's like, you never do anything. You never take me out. I got, baby, listen to, listen to what I got for you. <laughs> two tickets to, she's like, uh, gonna go see the theater? No, Titanic. Yeah, yeah. it's about to go down, baby. <laughs> it's about to go down. Yeah, this is about it's, to be the perfect metaphor for our relationship. It's been 109 yeah. years. We can make these jokes, people. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's not too soon for the Titanic. You no. know that 
they were, uh, yeah, what a, an iceberg. You know somebody's marriage that just started got ruined by an iceberg or somebody's like so a boyfriend, girlfriend having a rocky situation and then you see, the moment they hit that iceberg, one guy on that Titanic said, thank God. Yeah, this is a sign. <laughs> this is a sign. One guy was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man. That, that Definitely a sign that uh, the relationship's going nowhere. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. I think about the Titanic often lately. Whenever this pandemic was really popping off, I kept thinking about the just the scenario of it. Like, are we all going down together? This idea of, you know, we really didn't know what this virus was going to do, man. We no, had no, no idea. No. Yeah. Not at all. My parents uh, just recovered from uh, COVID. Uh, last wow. Week. Yeah. Wow. That's, so that's mom, great to hear. It was, it was rough to hear the first call because my mom called me and she was like, you could tell that she's been crying a little bit. And I was like, uh, what's wrong? And she's like, well, uh, I have COVID. And so does your father. And I was like, all right, well, you guys are in your mid fifties. So, you know, you guys are in good health. So just, you know, take it easy one step at a time. If it gets worse, you know what to do. Cause it's hard being the child telling your parents, Hey, don't be stubborn. If uh, something, yeah. something's going bad, get your ass yeah. to the hospital. Yeah. You know? What is it about the folks that get a little more stubborn as they get older? It's like they just re- they reverse the roles. Uh, what, what, what's going a little on bit, there? yeah. I, it's yeah. probably all the hell that we put them through when we we're teenagers and shit. You think so? They're like, that's something about, like we were, whenever we're kids, we're a sponge and we start taking in all this information. Maybe parents are kind of a sponge too of their 13-year-old <laughs> they got to be 13 14 year old pubescent kid and then so they sponge up all of that energy when they turn you know whatever age they become a like 14 year old like maybe like uh when kids are out of the house and they have and parents have nothing better to do they just they, right. they revert they get out of their parental form because there's no they don't have to be like a, a quote-unquote parent anymore right so right maybe, right maybe they revert more back to their natural selves a little bit mm. like, yeah yeah that's got to be it that could be, yeah. Just like sort of rebellious, yeah. rebellious again, yeah. And like, and they were constrained for so many years. When you think about it, having those kids, you know, you got you have to hide yourself for eighteen to however many years in front of your kids. That when you finally don't have any, you can go back to what you were doing. Right. A lot of your freedom is gone, and now you get, yep. yeah, you're getting that freedom back. You combine that with, you know, losing a little bit of a, <laughs> losing a little bit of the old secret sauce on the old brain there. And, uh, yep. you know, and then you got, you get a pretty fascinating combination. Like uh, a good example of that is when I was growing up, I, I have two younger brothers and my parents rarely drank. Uh, it was like, like holidays and like New Year's, they would have like uh, a bottle, like a glass of wine or a beer or something. But now when I go back to my parents, my dad's like, you want to do shots? Like. You want, you want really? To like, oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. He's Irish car bombing it. He's basically. <laughs> I, love, I love that he's doing shots. Why can't he just drink a beer with me? It's like he's the frat guy. He, he's, he's gone full frat. <laughs> you never so want to go full frat. No. You don't want to go full frat. You don't want to go full. What was the other thing? Frat boy 50s. Yeah. Full, full, <laughs> bull. full bull. Full bull. Full bull. You don't frat. want to go full bull. Yeah, yeah. Don't there want is, to do that. There is no age to ever go full bull. No, never go full bull. Don't go full fret. But uh, yeah, your dad sounds like a fun guy. Though. <laughs> he, he, he's a character. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Kansas City because Buffalo uh, has a little bit of recent history with Kansas City. Just a little. Oh, um, yeah. We're bringing it down a little uh, bit. You guys, guys, Kansas City has had a, a, a solid decade. I mean, you had the Royals. 
Mm -hmm. uh, who won a World Series in the middle of the decade after being terrible forever. Right. Uh, Terrible. I I was a big Royals fan that year. And the year before when I believe they made it to the World Series but lost. They did. They got shut down by a guy named Madison. Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, yeah. I remember thinking, whoa, I have nothing to do. Hey, look, I'm on your side, guys. And they were were like, yeah, right, show me your papers. Yeah, it was terrible. And then then you guys won the World Series. And then you fucking – and then Buffalo traded you the draft pick that gave you guys Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I actually know nothing about this. I don't know anything about sports, <laughs> but I'm learning from you right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so th- there's, there's a bit of history with the Bills and the Chiefs. And then, of course, this year, the Bills were finally good after decades of <laughs> – uh, it, it, the Bills hadn't made it that far in the playoffs in 25 years. Really? Yeah. They were having their royal streak. Basically. Uh, there, was wow. a, there was a period of time when we were growing up between 1999 and 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. the Bills didn't make the playoffs. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Se- 17 years of no playoffs. Whoo! That's, that's tough sledding, man. It's more, than, it's more than half our lives. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? You, that is – man, that is rough. I, am I older than both of you? I'm older than – I'm one year older than you. I'm 32. You're 31. I'm I'll 30, be 32 this year. Okay, you're how old? I'll be 32 in or, uh, August. Phil? I'm 30. Oh. oh okay, yeah. Phil's so 30, yep. we're all around the same age. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – man, that's rough. You guys got really – so, I mean, so this was the best year you guys have had since – The Jim Carrey Early yeah, 90s. Yeah, since like 90. So what was that like for you guys? I mean, you were on top of the world. It was great. It, honestly, it was the most fun I've had watching a team of mine for, throughout, a, throughout a year. That's awesome. uh, especially because I think it was timing more than anything. And there were people that uh, with the, the there's people that said that they weren't going to watch the bills because the whole kneeling thing. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. those people, as soon as the bills like were, were being good, they were like, mm. Oh damn, now I gotta, I kind of got to watch the bills. <laughs> yeah. They were like, they were kneeling. They were like, all right, you know what? Exactly. <laughs> I, I kneeling for the bills <laughs> for forgiveness. Yeah, I'm sorry for my uh, but, crimes against it, whatever. <laughs> It, the Bills are a weird thing where Buffalo is a very uh, weird place where inner city is uh, a lot of younger people. And then you go to the, the suburbs, not the immediate suburbs, but far out. And it's very country, very rural. Mm. And uh, there's people with very different ideologies, we'll say, mm. than the people in the city. Right, uh, right. But the Bills are, uh, are a thing that brings everyone together. Uh, yeah, yep. for, that's awesome. For four months, five months out of the year, even when the Bills are bad, uh, right? People, people are always going out uh, and so and watching Bills games and stuff, and especially this year with the pandemic and uh, just the Bills bringing that that little bit of hope for the area for during that playoff run. Right, and right. Even though they lost, I that's something that Mike and I have never seen in our adult lives. The Bills get that far in the playoffs. Wow. No, not at all. It was it was just awesome to be in the AFC Championship. I we lost to Kansas City. It, it, you know, it it is what it is. I mean, it was mm. a great game to watch. I mean, it, it was hard to watch the Bills lose like that, but just to have the mentality of when we say there's always next year, there's actually a next year. Yeah, you know, there really is. I mean, that's what the what the Royals did. It Chiefs and the Royals both did the exact same thing. They what lost the. World Series and the actual Super Bowl came back the next year. One, yep, yep. I mean, I was, I mean, that's the other thing too. Is like people were so, you know, brokenhearted whenever the Chiefs lost this the Super Bowl this last 
time. And I was like, guys, they got there three years in a row. I was like, that's, that's yeah. like, that's, we keep forgetting about that part. Like they got there. Yeah. You know, at that point, I mean, winning and losing, sure, financially it matters to these players. But, I mean, but come on, what else do you want? That's yeah, incredible. You, you, you guys got, you got to celebrate a championship last year. Right. Like, do you want to be overspoiled, basically? Yeah, exactly. And, it's, and trust me, those players are going to just keep on trying as hard as they can to get back to that same spot. Like Exactly. They're, they're not going to, you know, that's like, I mean, I, you can, I mean, you can see it in Mahomes right after that that game i mean he was you know oh, they were at, it's so weird how they're asking questions right after something like that happens and you could tell his mind was just in a whole different place but you know that guy i can't imagine him not going to work as hard as he possibly can oh right, yeah. at, right after something like that you know you, it was like it was like jordan in that last dance documentary you know yes, you know, yes. he's like oh okay well i'm gonna start exercising right now during this entire summer and become you know the michael jordan we all knew Speaking of the Last Dance documentary, I see you're wearing a Bulls sweater. I'm guessing you're a Bulls fan. No, like I really, <laughs> I don't like. I'm just not a sports guy. I like oh, okay. sports. I like sports wear. Like Kansas City Cats is like an old uh, baseball team, vintage baseball oh. team in KC. But it was also a drugstore. It was a drugstore first, I think. But it, um, which I don't think it's even around anymore. But I like the attire and the wear and the colors and all that. I actually bought this kind of on accident. Like I was half asleep and I just was like dozing off and thought to myself, I, I you know, I, I kind of like a nice little sweater to wear during out the, during the winter. And I was like, let me see if I can find a kind of like a vintage. I was like, Oh, Chicago bulls. We used to live in uh, Waukegan, Illinois, right around the corner from Chicago. Maybe I'll pull that up. I woke up in the morning. I almost, I ha- almost had no recollection of buying it. I woke up. I was like, did I buy something last night? I had to go to my email, look in the inbox. It's like, your Amazon, your Amazon sweater is on its way. I was like, oh, wow, now I got to wear it. I just did that with a guitar. <laughs> did you really? I did. I you bought don't want to sh- a guitar. Dude, I, I bought a Charvel SoCal style too. I was <laughs> oh like, no, I'm sitting here and I'm like, it's like three o'clock in the morning. I've had a couple beers and I'm like, I've got money. Like what's, right. what's money? We're going to, we're going to pull the trigger on this. We're going to do it. Yeah. And now you have the next morning to play it. Yeah. I, I woke up the next morning. I was like, I bought a guitar last night. <laughs> I bought a fucking guitar last night. Oh man. Oh, I've man. done that twice now. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I'm not like, um, I'm not like a booze hound or anything, but I'm going to tell you like this past year or so has been the first time that, I've in the morning had those little moments where I've just really kind of like, how was I speaking to that person? How was I, did I, how did I word that email? How did I say that uh, thing? Like last uh, night where I go back and I'm like, man, I'm, I, I was a little aggressive. I think <laughs> you know? it's, it's something about when you hit your early thirties. Cause I mean, I did admittedly a lot of partying in my teenage years and my early twenties, like I'm sure a lot of people have. But like now, you know, I'm getting older. I have a couple of beers and stuff like that. But I'm I'm realizing now, after like three beers, I'm sitting here going, "Oh shit, what it? What am I doing?" <laughs> you're like, I'm in, you're like I'm in I'm in the middle of a podcast right now. What it's like, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in the middle of a podcast. I'm like, oh yeah. Becoming a what's going on? Who's, so, who are we talking to? How do y'all like podcasting? How do you enjoy it? Uh, I. I really like it because uh, when I was on alt, uh, I wasn't. It wasn't a talk show format. I was allowed to. I was allowed to get out right. what, what I wanted to get out during my breaks and stuff like that. But I was very limited in time. 
Mm. And with podcasts, especially ours, it's a very long form. And right, so right. You, have, you have more time to, especially during uh, interviews and stuff, because I've interviewed you on all, and we have 10 minutes before you have to go back and do, and do your thing. Right, but right. You, you can't really, you only have a set amount of questions you can ask, and you can't really get what you want to get out of, out of the interview. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like with podcasting, you can, you can really take your time and, and have an actual conversation with them instead of just boom, 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 trying to get it done. It, right. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. Uh, it's just nice because you, you, like the research that we do when we do just, we, we don't have a guest on and we'll do research about a topic. It's mm -hmm. nice learning things mm -hmm. just in general about like shit you never look up otherwise. Yeah. And then like mm -hmm. moments like this, like getting to know somebody like, yeah, I, it's nice because it's like, I don't feel like I have to be like, so, um, what was it like when you played Tennessee? Right. Uh, we were in Nashville. How was yeah. that show? How many songs did you play? How long did you play? And it's kind of like, hi, dude. What's up, man? Yeah. This actually brings up a question that I have for you as, oh, yeah. as someone who uh, has been to radio stations uh, and, and toured and had to do a bunch of interviews. Uh, it, my, my interview strategy when I interview uh, bands it, towards the later year, years in Alt Buffalo, when I finally realized this, and, and uh, tell me if this is true, is you guys get asked the same questions every stop you go usually. And so I like to mix it up. Uh, and I realize this, that if you, if you talk to them like normal person, like, what are you watching? What are you, what are you, what are you listening to? What are you, what are you doing on tour to, to pass the time? Like just stuff that is, is that they don't get asked on a daily basis. I feel like you get a more genuine response out of that. You do because they're not quite ready for it. And I think people go into in interview mode whenever they're being asked a question. So whenever you go like, hey, so whenever you guys do this and, and, and it sounds like something they've probably been asked in like the last seven interviews, I think the guest kind of goes into interview mode and kind of, oh, well, you know, I in, uh, you know, there's times when I'm doing a podcast with my own mom and sometimes I'll say something to her. And I can hear her start to switch a little bit into, and I'm like, ah, don't do that. I, can see, I, I hear her start to switch a little bit into like, like she's running for office and like, well, you know, we finally, I'm like, stop it. You're, you're getting rigid. And all I want to do is talk to you. So like, you're right. I think asking questions about just, you know, like, I, I don't know if you ever watched like Craig Ferguson, Craig Ferguson back whenever he was doing the Late Late Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was incredible. You know, at the very beginning of every episode, he'd rip up his cards and that was like, it became his thing. He'd rip up the questions. And he really, you could tell he was asking the first thing that came to his head and it didn't have to be, it was all non sequitur. None of it was connecting. And you get a really genuine moment from the person from that. And I don't see why an audience wouldn't want that. I can't see why the listener would not want to hear that. Like if you're telling me you're going to have on Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, I want you guys to just talk about the most, talk about the most, um, you know, random thing that comes to your mind, you know, and, and it, it'll always be interesting because now we get to hear what Dave Grohl's personality is like, not what his question answer uh, strategy is, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you find yourself like when you're in a moment like that, when, you're being asked the same questions over and over. And again, they're quick interviews usually, like Phil said. Do, do you find yourself like having like your presets, like, oh, who are your influences? Well, here's A, B, C. How did you, how do you like play in this city? Oh, it's great. You know, do you find yourself like- Yeah, you know, a, little, a little bit because, you know, whenever people ask you what are your influences, like 
that can't, I guess that can't really change. You know, it's like, I, I, and I don't have, and I actually don't have a lot of influences. I have kind of just a small little narrow, um, group in, um, so like really it becomes the same answer, but there are sometimes whenever I get certain questions, like even like, how do we get started playing? I do try to, I try to mix it up a little bit or try to maybe find a different angle or maybe think about maybe what was I thinking at that time in my life and just try to not expel it in the exact same way because you do get some people that hop around and listen to your interviews from different things and then you realize they're just getting the exact same, you know, content every time. So I do love whenever I hear a question that really catches someone off guard. I remember one time a kid asked me like, just, could you describe your first kiss? And I said, ah, get out of here. I said, what is that? <laughs> I said, I said, my first, you, you and me right now. That's what, that's my first kiss. <laughs> I was like, but it was, it was fun though. You know, and he gets a weird reaction or response from me. So, but uh, anyway, can you describe your first kiss for us? Please? I always think of my first kiss being with this gal. I'm not going to say her last name. First name, Sarah. This wasn't really a kiss, but I kind of described this as the first kiss. It was a girl who was in, we were in elementary. She, we were on the playground. I had a thing of Altoids, the cinnamon Altoids, and I would eat those. And then I gave her one. And then so, and I, I kind of had a crush on this girl and she takes the Altoid and it's all dissolving in her mouth. Then she takes it out and goes, hey, Madison. I said, what? She wanted me to open my mouth so she could slowly, gingerly place the Altoid in my mouth. Now she's doing this and it's dissolving. And in this moment, every little bit of a crush that I had on her is going away. It's completely, <laughs> it's completely fading. I just thought in, my, in that moment, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. She's throwing it, but I wanted her to like me. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm accepting the Altoid. And I felt like I was, oh, I can't eat Altoids again. I was completely forced to, I mean, oh I, no means no. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I told her, get rid of this thing. And it was just a cinnamon, uh, you know, violation. I couldn't believe it. In, uh, but yeah, I, I think that was my first, like, kind of just the swapping of the saliva. That is nice haunting that is uh that's a beautiful yeah. story that's just oh beautiful. yeah man it's it's been it's the narration of my entire life that's all that's <laughs> my whole life has been consumed around that one moment madison ward so, yeah. in a nutshell the cinnamon altoid yes exactly <laughs> in a nutshell or, or a little tin box that's you you just named the title of the episode. the title of this episode madison Which, ward the cinnamon altoid. Yes, the cinnamon years. Yeah, the cinnamon years. <laughs> yes, perfect. Yeah, little tin box. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. We got a couple names here, yeah. man. I like. Yeah, that. man. We're name dropping. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, do you mind if we take a quick break? Sure. Yeah. Break it then, up. Uh, we're we're gonna grab some drinks, uh, hit hit up the bathroom, and then uh, we'll be back and do another segment and wrap it up. Sweet. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hit you guys with a with a little commercial break here. Like I we, love it. Like we're, we're brought to you by Cinnamon Altoids. And brought to you by <laughs> <laughs> this, ep this episode's brought to you by Blue Chew and Cinnamon Altoids. <laughs> Perfect. We'll be right yeah. back. Hey, we've all been there. A lunch date with someone you just met. Or a night on the town and dinner with your significant other. And there's that lingering taste in your mouth. 
that you just can't shake. Good thing you have cinnamon Altoids. The immediate cure for shit breath. Nothing will blast away the odor of onions, garlic, and fried calamari like cinnamon Altoids. Refresh with the cooling cinnamon to spice up any romantic moment. And she takes the Altoid and it's all dissolving in her mouth. Then she takes it out. She wanted me to open my mouth so she could slowly, gingerly place the Altoid in my mouth. Every little bit of a crush that I had on her is going away. We promise that your mouth will never feel cleaner. I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, but I wanted her to like me. We promise you that this is not a cult. I'm accepting the Altoids. Just make sure you only eat Altoids. Oh, I can't eat Altoids again. I was completely forced. I mean, Madison, you, you we had an agreement. You, you can't back out now. I mean, Altoids is sponsoring this episode no means no i didn't want to do it <laughs> madison come on we we can't talk shit about our sponsors it was just a cinnamon uh you know violation what the fuck man you can't say it was a cinnamon viol we're probably gonna get sued anyway at this point so just tell them about the refreshing cooling effects of cinnamon altoids oh so now you're back on board after that story you're back on board do it for the freshest breath, try the all-new Cinnamon Altoids. It was just a cinnamon, uh, you know, violation. And we're back on the Front Porch Podcast. Mike and Phil, sadly, we are Jaredless today, but we, we do have his portrait here in honor. He is... Uh... As we said earlier, uh, he actually just texted me during the break, and uh, he said he caught the big one. Oh, no. I, I don't know what that is. Jared is a huge fan of Jaws. Um, he, he is in Australia ice fishing right now. He is in Australia ice fishing. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I don't know what sort of euphemism that is. I don't want to ask. No. Um, but Godspeed. And uh, Godspeed, Jared. And we are joined uh, still by Madison Ward from Kansas City, uh, one half of Madison Ward and the Mama Bear. He has not left us yet, so that's a good sign. That's a, that's a very good that's sign. That's a good sign. Yeah, I'm here. Jared's not. But I'm, you know, just I'm the guy who my photo doesn't have to be here to represent me. So, Jared, you know, I know you're out there fishing, but... Catching the big one sounds like you caught COVID. That's what I thought that meant when he said that, to be honest with you. I caught the big one today, guys. Caught the big one today. And getting the vaccine, Moderna, whatever. <laughs> Definitely when we promote this, we're going to put your face over Jared's in between Phil and I. Yeah. Yes. We'll put, please, we'll put Jared off to the side. <laughs> I'll Photoshop oh. that. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I love it. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh, so before, uh, during the break, we were talking a little bit about jobs. And a question came to my mind is before you got into music what was the worst job you had worst job that i had I, I haven't had many to be honest with you i worked at um every every job served its purpose i guess i'll say ah man that's tough because I'm, I'm thinking about these jobs and at some point i enjoyed them and, uh, you know even the one that i didn't like but i'll so i'll say that the one that i didn't like i was working at a photo color lab where I would uh, basically assemble photo albums, custom-made photo albums for weddings. And it got a little bit monotonous. There was times where I really enjoyed it, made some friends that I'm still friends with today from that job. But I will say there was 
the rules got so ridiculous. It was like, hey, they, they, we had chairs at our individual desks so we could work at these chairs. They were like, you know what, let's get rid of the chairs. No more chairs. We want the people to stand for eight to 10 hours. And I was like, okay, no more chairs. That's weird. Then we all had headphones. They're like, you know what, no more headphones or we'll do this thing. If productivity ever gets below this, we're done with headphones forever. They knew the productivity would get below. So we yeah. got rid of the headphones forever. And they were like, hey, too much talking. One time I said like a racial joke to my boss and he, he, he pulled me out in the hallway and he like, I mean, this is a racial joke on my own people, mind y'all. But, <laughs> and, and he was a white guy and he pulled me out into the hallway and he sort of just let me have it for, uh, you know, about 10 minutes about how, how dare you ever even insinuate A, B, C, and D. And he was an old military guy and uh, he had like tears almost in his eyes and I was just shaking like, ah, I'm sorry, just don't hit me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please don't touch me. Please don't touch me. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to keep my job. So it was yeah. pretty, it got milk. But yeah, that that's probably the worst, I think. You know, but then yeah. I also worked at a shoe store once whenever I was 16. Journeys. You remember Journeys? Oh, oh yeah. I remember yeah. Journeys. You guys have a Journeys? We had, I worked at the kids, Journeys Kids. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh. So I was selling Ugg boots to little toddlers, walking little honey boo boos, <laughs> little honey, honey boot boots. And, uh, honey boot boots. Yeah. And I was, oh, yes. <laughs> I was selling that to little kids and uh, it was a little bit disturbing, but we got a 40% discount at the grown up journey. So that I bought a bunch of uh, Chuck Taylors. Since oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. You can't go wrong with Chucks, man. They just grip the feet so nice. They grip the feet. Yeah, I love a good Chuck Taylor. What about you guys? What do you guys wear in the shoe department? I'm curious. Um, I, uh, I, I kind of splurge on the shoe department a little bit. He's Ooh. all hoity-toity and fancy. Uh, shoes, to me, you're on them all day, so they have to be comfortable. Right. And uh, New Balance. Gotcha. He's got those white New Balance. <laughs> Mows our lawn. Yeah. My, my, oh. my, dad's, my dad 9000s. Uh, I, I, I like... Uh, like uh, Steve Madden makes really good shoes. Mm. Uh, I know he's a designer. I don't know anything else that he makes, uh, but I have like three pairs of his shoes. Sandals. They're very comfortable. I'm not a big sandal guy. <laughs> he makes sandals too. Okay, does he I'm make sure. sandals? I don't know. I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure he does make sandals. I hear he makes a good croc. <laughs> the Steve Madden Crocs. Yeah. All leather croc. When you put Crocs yeah. in four by four mode though. Oh yeah, seriously. Ooh, the Steve Madden Croc. Yeah, all Crocs are pretty mad. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're just, a big shoe guy. Uh, I mean, I don't own a lot of shoes, but yeah. the ones I do own are uh, fairly nice. It, see, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum with that. I'm just like, I just, I just don't want to step on a rock and for it to hurt. I just don't want to <laughs> feel it. So I'm all, all black vans, all Chuck Taylors. Nice. And my work boots. <laughs> That's about it. My steel toe boots. I used to do the little design your own Chuck Taylor. Do you guys remember that? Like if you went yeah, to like con yeah. if you went to the actual Converse website. Yeah. Back, back whenever our computers like we it barely even worked, but I just I remember designing my own and you could put your name at the bottom of the shoe if you wanted. Yeah, so yeah. I always thought that was too cool, yeah. You look at that and then it's like three hundred dollars and you're like, Oh Ooh, yeah. Right. No, I wasn't no, never spent no three hundred on, no, <laughs> no. on no Chuck. Speaking of uh of the internet, uh back in the day on the internet, here this question just popped to my mind, and I, I think this is I think this is a pretty good question to ask. Do you remember any it doesn't have to be one specific, any of your if you had one, 
MySpace profile songs? Um, yeah. yeah, I think I remember one. It was, um, you know, Jack White, he had a song that went, um, Spider got eight legs and I have two. Yep. Do you guys remember that song? Yeah. Yep. I, yep. Yeah. Like, what do you got? I forgot how the song really goes, but, or what even the name of that was something blues. Like, what did you get? What did you give to me? But I remember that was in my profile for a long time, though, that song. It's going to bother me. I got yeah, the, yeah. The, the blues riff was cool, I thought. I got to – Jack White was actually uh, – I got to interview him, and that was uh, a highlight of mine because, uh, personally, Jack White is my personal favorite musician. And, yes, me uh, too. I, One of my favorites. Really? Yeah, I love and, him. And uh, he was uh, a lot nicer than I thought he'd be because I thought he'd be very – he seems like a very shy, very self-reserved person, but when you get, introverted. Yeah, when you get him talking about music, though, mm. he he opens up. Really, um, and, and he, he you could tell that he loves talking about music because what I talked to him about was basically uh, like what are what, what's what's a weird thing you've done in the studio? What a when when you make a riff, how do you know that it's for a Jack White project or a raconteur's mm. project or something? That's a good like question. Yeah. yeah. And I was sitting there. I, I did the interview with Brendan Benson as well from the record. Oh, tours. yeah, I know that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, really? Yeah, he actually did a tiny bit of product, like tiny bit of like production on one of a couple of the songs from our Skeleton Crew, our first record. Oh, that's that awesome. Yeah, he like on uh, I think on Sorrows and Woes and Dead Daffodils, he did a little in- engineering work. Yeah, Dead, Dead Daffodils. I love my Dead favorite, Daffodils. Favorite song of yours. Oh, thank you so much, man. Dead I appreciate that. Is, oh. Thank you. Started but, with a family. Two off your latest record was. Oh, I love that song. Oh, I'm starting to see. <laughs> I'm starting to see your rhythms. If you're starting with the family and Dead David, I, those are in the same sort of wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's cool. I'm, yeah, that that makes me feel good. I love those tunes, man. Yeah, thank great. you. They're absolutely great. Uh, and uh, a, a thing that that amazes me about you, talking about your music, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, how did you discover your, your voice? Because you have a very unique singing voice. And it's very different than your speaking voice, which is the case with a lot of, of, of people that sing. But uh, I, I've known you for a couple of years now, meeting you here and there from Alt Buffalo. And hearing you sing and hearing you talk, it's like two completely different people. So how did, you, dis- how did you discover that voice? I think, I'm not really sure. I think, um, you know, I was trying to, I think it was because I'm not a great singer. So I had to like belt out in a certain way that. It, from deep down to try to make something like my brother was a singer and he was always a, he was always a really good on command sort of crooner type singing person. He sang like a lot of that nineties R and B sort of style. And yeah. I remember he could just go into that. Like it was nothing. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do the runs. I couldn't do anything. So I just started belting out as much as I could. And I think a lot of that sort of Southern style or um, I guess that wheelhouse, it really it, it resonated with me or it was the best way that I could pronounce words. And you really, it's, it's so interesting. It's like, I, I almost look at it as like Brit, a lot of British folks who sound American, you know, like they, some, I mean, I guess if there's an American style, like, you, you know, the Beatles and Rolling Stones, a lot of these people, it just came out that way. And I just kept on going down on it. And I and I think I liked I love Tom Waits like Tom Waits one of my favorite yeah. artists and he has so many different voices 
So I hear him speak, and he's got that voice like that when he talks. Yeah. But then he's got a song like a song where he's like a, he's like sounds like the Cookie Monster, and I'm like, <laughs> where's that coming from? And I start to realize it's coming from it, it's it's all just emotion, really. It's where it comes from, and so if it, I think if it's in you and if it's deep in there, I think you need to try to harness it. If I tried to sing more like where my speaking voice is, it wouldn't, I don't think it'd work. I don't think it would sound, I, I don't even know if I've ever even tried. <laughs> I just, yeah. It's, it's, a hard, it's a hard question for me to answer though, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, and I, I don't know if, if this is accurate at all, but this is just uh, what I, from listening to your music, what I have uh, gathered from a lot of uh, what you sing about is uh, not modern day things, if that makes sense. It's a lot of mm. uh, uh, old, not, I don't want to say old timey, but uh, talking about stuff that w- from the past and uh, uh, silent movies I bring comes to mind. Saturday morning Saturday, cartoons. Yep, Saturday morning cartoons. And uh, I think that w- with your style and with your mom, uh, her harmonies and stuff, I-, I think that it really works with what you're singing about as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think I like music that is as evergreen as possible, if that's the right term. Like, just I like things that are. You know, I keep, I would hear so many songs where they would just talk about things that were in the moment and of the day and of the time. And I don't want a diary of what I was doing that day. I don't want anything to, I, I want to talk about, I, I also like, I like simplicity. I like minimalism. I like to be able to talk about nothing, like almost nothing. Like if you, you can, like, I, I, I don't like making things too complicated because I'm like, some of my favorite songs are it's you you hear him talk about like i like i i mentioned tom waits he's got that song fish in the jailhouse tonight you know getting out of jail with an old fish bone and i was just like you start to realize some of these really beautiful poetic songs they you know they're they're take they're take they're touching on things that have never changed and never will change a jailhouse a fish bone anyone can relate to it way back then now anytime it's evergreen and it's just an interesting concept, you know? And that's really what, like you said, you, you enjoyed Dead Daffodils. That's what I was thinking when I wrote like Dead Daffodils. It's a guy who's in his house. Everybody thinks that he's dead, but he's not. And they keep coming by his house to drop flowers on his porch, front porch podcast. And he's, <laughs> he's but he's not dead. And it's a really simple concept. And all, you, and all you have to do is don't mention Twitter, don't mention an iPhone, don't yep. mention Snapchat and the lyrics, and you're good. Yep, the, don't that, modernize it. That, that, yeah. that's, that's my problem with a lot of pop music is you can, they men, they'll mention something that's very of the time, and you're immediately dating yourself. Yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Because and I think, it, yes. It, it, you're talking about something of the time, and so 10 years from now, who knows if Twitter is still going to be a thing? Yes, exactly. And that's the same with like, we were talking about Fleetwood Mac earlier being timeless. You know, you think of the song, listen to the wind blow. Mm-hmm. So many musicians, I'm like, just say that. Yeah. <laughs> so many, like when it comes to songwriting, just say that. Listen to the wind blow. Everybody's trying to think of something so complicated. Like just listen to the wind blow. Exactly. That's so poetic. That won't die. It'll never go away. And it doesn't even need. It doesn't even need to be overly relatable because if you're trying to be too relatable, people can sense that. But if you just talk about something that you maybe just experienced, listen to the wind blow. You actually are relatable by not trying to be too relatable. I don't know. There's, yeah. No. No. It, yeah. It's absolutely. such a weird. Yeah. It's such a crazy. Um, you're never gonna question where did the wind go in ten years. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you. If you write about stagnant things, it, it lives on. Things. Yes. The constants. 
Yes. No. And I love the constant. So like Tom Waits, the house where nobody lives. That's a great, I just love that. Yeah. House where nobody yeah. lives. Your picture in a frame. There, you can do it forever. It's, it, it's all around us. It's just talk about life, you know. Nirvana's one of my favorite bands. And a song that does that for me is Sliver. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, Grandma Take Me Home. Because mm-hmm. it's for me personally, it's so relatable because my grandma used to watch me all the time. Yes. When they do their date nights. And it's like, I'm sitting here with my grandma and grandpa and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know you guys that well. I'm three. Uh, <laughs> I want to go home. Where's my mom? You know, like, but it's like stuff like that. The constants. Like, or Bill like, Withers. He got the song Grandma's Hands. You know, you yep, think yep. About, it's yep. like, that's such an incredible concept. You see your grandma, you see your hands. Like, I'm just going to make a song about Grandma's Hands. That's it. Yeah. Like, if you start saying Grandma's on TikTok and, you know, she's, you know, you start, it's okay to <laughs> It's okay to sometimes do it, I think. And uh, some artists probably need to do it maybe a little more than others. But I think for the most part, the music that really lives on is you just look at grandma's hands and you're like, I'm going to write a whole song about grandma's hands. She wept in church on Sunday morning. I'm going to write you a song called Grandma's on TikTok. Grandma's on TikTok? I'm sending that over to you, Madison. Uh, it's already already been done, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Simpsons Damn. did it. Simpsons did it. <laughs> yeah, Simpsons did it. Uh, so we're, we're going to talk about Buffalo here in a little bit, but I, I want to keep talking a little bit about uh, your music uh, because um, we're both huge fans of it. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. We uh, anytime we can we can pry you for information. It, it's it's awesome, and uh, I've had yeah. this I've had this conversation uh, with you at Nick's house. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. There was a, we, there was a fire there. Uh, there's a lot. Okay. Of, there was a lot of whiskey involved as well. I think I remember. Yeah, uh, but I, I, this this question is. Uh, a question I, I've always wanted to ask you, and I, now that I want to get it out there to the people, is uh, uh, you told me that I asked you uh, with you and your mom making music, who is the main songwriter? And you and you said it was it was you. How does that process work with with your mom? How how do you bring her a song and uh, be like and uh, work on a song together? Usually, I I have to really like it before I'm going to go share it with her. I have to really. Like I'll write a bunch of things that I just, I'm like, well, that's lame. That's lame. Or I'm just not enjoying it. And I, I have to really like it and be excited to share it with her. I'm like, Hey, check this. I think I found something, you know, and I'll play it for her. And sometimes when I'm really excited, especially during this pandemic, I'll call her on the phone and just put her on speaker. I'm like, you gotta listen to this. And then I'll play something. And then she's like, eh, that's all right. And I'm like, no, 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 wait a minute. No, I think it's, I, you know what? It's because it's on speaker and it's just like, you, you got to hear it in person. I think you're going to really like it when I get there in person and I'm trying to sell her on it. And um, yeah, I'll bring it to her. I've, I actually brought her a bunch of songs recently and I, her reaction I think is, it's important to me. It's her reaction being very, uh, she's smiling because she's like, man, this is, really catching her. I, I, there's no um, BS there. There's no, she's, it's a very honest reaction. And, you know, it's one of the better things about playing with a family member. I think, you know, you got to be careful about, you know, your friends and you play for your friends and they're just like, good stuff, man. Good. Like they don't care. Like, <laughs> I think that's a, that's a good dynamic Mike and I have. Cause if he does something I don't like, I'll tell him like that. Yeah. That, that sounds like shit. There, there, there's songs you gotta have that. thrown out. And I'm like, what, what do you think? He's like, Nah, dude. I'm like, you, you need right, it. good call. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have overly polite people just trying to constantly no. build you up. They got to keep you honest and humble and know, let you know whenever your music is terrible. Because but, you, could, uh, you could think something sounds great to yourself. And I, I used to do this with, I, I thought I would ha- I thought I had a great break. And then Nick no. would listen to it and he was like, eh, 
you could have done this, this, and this better. Like, and I was like, oh, oh wow. Shit. It's yeah. constantly, it's constantly just like anything in life, music, radio, uh, painting, whatever you do, there's, yeah. you can, you get, it's a constant, you have to learn. Yeah. What, what can I do more efficient? What can I do better? What can I do yes. different? What can I do differently? Especially in music. I feel like, what can I do differently that I didn't do on this record or this You song? don't want to get stuck in a rut. Yeah, Exactly. It's easy For, to do too. I oh yeah, man. It's so easy. It's like, I already wrote this song. Why am I writing it again? Right, right. For me, like I, music has to, um, like a song just has to, I have to keep coming back to it. I have to be, it has to be really stuck in my head and not annoyingly stuck in my head because that happens too. Yes. You know, I, I get, you know, I can tell you a few songs just recently after watching the Grammys that are stuck in my head <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and, and, I, and I really wish they weren't. But, um, and I'm not saying the music I'm writing is anything great, but I, but I definitely know that I have to really, the song for me has to, I, I have to keep coming back to it and really love it and has to stick in my head. And it just, it's usually just a melody. And my mom has to, uh, if she doesn't really like it, I'll, I'll re I'll might retweak it or whatever, but you, you sometimes find you can get to a place where you're, you're trying to really make something work and you know that you're, all you're doing is you're putting together a puzzle and that's what the song is. But sometimes you put together the puzzle and it's finished and you're like, but is this a puzzle that you want to look at, right? Yep. Some puzzles yep. can all connect, but it doesn't matter. There's a competent song don't, that just, who cares? Yep. <laughs> yep. And uh, mo- moving uh, to- towards talking to- Oh, did I, did I cut out for a second? I'm sorry. Just, just, just a little, but we, we, we caught it. Yeah, oh. we caught it. We caught it. Oh, okay. So we got the gist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. we get it. We get so just it. For, just, for our, it. just just for our just just for our listeners, I'll put together the Madison puzzle. Okay, good. It's a puzzle. It's a puzzle <laughs> that you want to complete, and it's like, do you want to look at it? Yes. Is that a, is that is that the image that you want? And then you reassess. Yes, it's a puzzle. Do you want to look at the puzzle once you finish? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or is it something that you just put together to put together? It's like why why did I why did I buy this clown puzzle and and why why is it <laughs> three thousand pieces? I don't like clowns. They scare the shit out of me. And I'm having a panic attack now because right. of right right. Or should this puzzle be less pieces? Sometimes too many pieces in this puzzle. You know. Should yes. It a, should it be a two fifty? Should it be a? <laughs> should it be a one? Exactly. Four piece puzzle. Puzzle. This puzzle is just puzzling me. <laughs> Should I just go and print out this picture offline? <laughs> exactly. You remember back in the day, you could do that thing where you like take a photo and you turn, you can make your own puzzle. If you I, I forgot, yeah. it was like Science City or something like that. You go. And do you guys remember out. Pogs? Oh, oh yeah, I remember Pogs Dude, like it was yesterday. I had the Pog Maker. <laughs> I would print stuff out. I, it's like, you would Dude, the coolest kid. Dude, it's I was a pog, sweet. You had a pog maker? Dude, I was sweet. Listen, man. How'd I was you make cool. a slammer? You, okay, so that's one thing we couldn't make is slammers because those were plastic. <laughs> we didn't have 3, 3D yeah. printers in the late 90s. <laughs> I was going to say, a slammer, like I thought those were like metal, some of the slammers. Some of them were, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, pogs. Damn it, we're coming up with so many good epi- episode names here. Uh, do, do you re- Dude, I'd print out like carrots and be like, boom, I have a carrot pog. And guys are like, what? Where'd you find that? It's like... <laughs> I made this. I'm creative. That's hilarious. So, so my Pogs was Beyblades. Oh yeah, I remember Beyblade. Do you remember Beyblade? Beyblade? Wasn't it the ba- that, that was the battle is. thing, it, right? It was like an arena where you had these things that you had the top that you spun and they would spin together and then they would uh-huh. hit and they would. Oh, 
and whoever's broke apart first lost. Really? I don't, yeah. think, I knew, I don't think I knew about this the, thing. Uh, Beyblade, there, there's a whole media franchise of Beyblade. Oh, yeah. There, <laughs> there's there, a Beyblade there, community. <laughs> there's, a, you know, there's an anime uh, uh, about wow. Beyblade. There was an anime? There's an anime about Beyblade. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, yeah, about spinning tops. Hitting, there's video games. There's video games of Beyblade. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was about to say something too. I completely, no, wait, I got it. So, but oh my God, there's a video game of Beyblade. I've, I, I only do the OG Beyblade, but there's a whole, yeah. there's a whole Beyblade world out there. Zoro so, the Beyblade. Yeah. So you know what? On, on this topic, <laughs> because we're all, we're all like 90s babies. What is the one toy that you always wanted from the 90s? that you never had i'll go first mine was crossfire oh crossfire i remember crossfire what was was that like a gun with like a thing it was like connected to the board and you would shoot the the things it was like air hockey kind of oh yeah all like all the metal balls would come back i wanted it Mm -hmm. so bad oh i remember i remember that yeah oh geez i don't know if i can think of a toy that i we didn't have a lot of toys. <laughs> we, it was always going over to the other kid's house. And he had all the, all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can think of one. Do you have one, Phil? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's not really a toy. It's more uh, – everyone I knew growing up, including family members, had an N64. Ooh. And I, I, I never had an N64. I did. I, I had a PlayStation, and I had a Super Nintendo. Mm. And – uh, it, when N64 came out, I would always go to either my cousin's house or my buddy down the street's house, and we're playing Zelda, we're playing Blitz, we're playing Mario 64, Mario 64, mm. uh, all all the Mario Kart, Goldeneye, and, and I was Gold like, Nine, I, yeah. I kept trying to tell my parents, like, I'll share with my brothers if you get us an N64. <laughs> like, oh wow! I'll like, be. You, you, you have a, a compassionate person. <laughs> I will be human. <laughs> yeah, I'll actually be decent if you. Exactly. Yeah. And I never had the opportunity to own an N64. Well, wow. I got one, I've got one in the attic. We can bust that out one. Hell yeah. We'll Ooh, yeah. It's time to get some reparations for Phil with this 64. <laughs> 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 some N64 reparations. Yeah, I, uh, we actually had one, though, N64. That was. Yeah, that was good. Because my my sibling, my sister is seven years older than me, so she was at she was kind of like always leading the charge on like what the family was getting. I think if I was the oldest though, I would have been getting it much later. So she yeah. was getting it in her like later teens and then passing it down. So yeah, but Such a good uh, system. can't think of a toy though, man. I do remember whenever Taco Bell used to have the Pogs though. Remember Taco Bell did the Pogs? They yep, teamed they up with Star Wars, and you'd go and get like a Star Wars Pog. Phantom Menace. That's another toy I never had. Do you remember? Uh, uh, I don't think they were called. I don't think it was micro machines, but it was like it was the Darth Vader head, and then it opened up to the scene where oh with yeah, the Emperor and shit. And it, yeah. was the, it was the mini toys. Yep, I remember that. Uh, and there, there was there was a Yoda head. There was a yeah, stormtrooper head. There was a lot of those. I never had any. Never of had any of them, and I wanted them so bad. I feel wow. so. I feel so bad for our parents because we had all the cool shit that they're just like. <laughs> Two hundred dollars. I'm not spending. You're gonna eat that. Uh, You're gonna eat those little guys. Luke's gonna be in your stomach. When when my go get it pumped. When my dad got the PlayStation, he said it was it's for the family. But I I would my dad would be up at one a.m. in the morning. 
like playing PlayStation. That's so good. Yeah. Wow. Dude, like I had a uh, Xbox 360 whenever I, you know, got older and I could buy it with my own money and I got one. And then it got that little red ring thing. Oh. And so, and then so uh, a, a girl that I was working with, uh, she was like, hey, my husband doesn't want his. It's only a month old. Here you go. So she's like, you can have it for like 50 bucks. So I gave her 50 bucks. I got another Xbox 360. Then my house got broken into and it got robbed. Oh, wow. uh, so I, from then on, I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to have an Xbox 360. <laughs> and, and I never bought a new one. And I honestly haven't really played video games since. Like I just, I'm kind of just done, done with video games forever. It's, it's, I, I start to realize I don't, I don't think I like it as much as I thought I did playing them it's an occasional thing for me now it's very I'm, I'm even getting to that point where it's like yeah I, I used to be a huge gamer but now it's like i'm too even i'm too tired to even play video. <laughs> I, got, I got too it's much too going complex. on it's I too, too complex man yeah, the worlds really... are crazy you can go get a job you're flipping burgers you're doing it's just too much man i'm like just stick to pong or mario kart you know exactly. make it simple the, the simple ones the classic games though they they pull at my heartstrings yeah i love busting yeah. out a good mario golden zelda you name it like it's just so nostalgic Dude, Donkey Kong Country for Super Nintendo was one of my favorite games, I think, growing up. It you was know, so good. That was one of the best. You ever yeah. played the Lion King game growing uh, up? I think I played that once. I think that I, was hard as fuck. Hell. The I can't wait to be king <laughs> level can fuck off. You're not going to be it. the very best. You're not when, the very when best. You're jumping, when you're trying to jump from giraffe to giraffe. I'm good, yeah, man. I, I won't even ass. play that now. Oh, the little giraffe head, it goes like... Yeah, and, and it flings you. Yeah, fling, then uh, there's an ostrich you jump on, right? Yes. Yep. Yes, yeah. I do remember this now. Yeah. And it was so difficult. Oh, it was hard as shit. <laughs> I just uh, remember being a little kid going, oh, come on. Uh, did you ever play Turtles in Time? That was Turtles the hardest game. Yeah. Teen, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Turtles in time. My buddy had that. I don't one know if I did. I didn't play that. I remember uh, we never had a Sega though. We always had friends that had a Sega. We'd go over to their house and we'd play uh, X or no X Men from the Sega. Remember oh the X -Men hell game? yeah. Yeah. I was never a big Sonic guy. Um, I liked Sonic. We, me and my I buddy, Sonic. Uh, me and my buddy, we used to play Power Rangers all the time. It was a hell side yeah. scroller. I oh, remember wow. that game. Yeah, Power Rangers was sweet. I think my brother and I actually, um, you know, lost a bit of love for each other when we played the NBA Jam. We used to play, <laughs> we play NBA Jam, and I would beat him a lot, and he got so angry. I've never seen anybody get that angry. Just throwing controllers, put the fear of God in you. You're just like, <laughs> man, yeah. What's now, the, this is not what games are supposed to be. <laughs> are you the youngest? I'm the youngest. Yeah, big okay, so family. Uh, you're the ba I have three siblings, siblings, right? I have two siblings. Okay, two siblings. same here, and same with Mike. Yeah, and yeah, Mike yeah. and I are both the oldest. So. We're the oldest. Yeah, I got a younger brother, oh, wow. and a younger sister. Nice, and I got two younger brothers. Uh, what uh, growing up in a, a, a household where uh, you're, you said your brother was musical? I don't know if your sister is musical at all. I know your mom is. Uh, mm -hmm. What was it like growing up in, in a house where just you're surrounded by music? Uh, it was pretty good. I mean, my brother, he just knew how to sing like those guys. So, I mean, he wasn't really, it was just something he could do. It was okay, like, like a little trick, you know, didn't pursue it. No, he just okay. knew how to like, he could like imitate a song almost like to the, to the note. And it was sounded great, but he never pursued that. But my mom, my sister wasn't musical. I think all of us at one point tried to like 
she's playing guitar and we're all like just hey let's make up a song or try to sing to it but it was mostly just my mom but that was very present you know i mean i have a very early memories of uh going to see her play in the coffee shops really early and uh, i think it kind of made me maybe a little i don't want to say i actually kind of hate saying this because it sounds pretentious but almost like kind of jaded with music maybe i don't know just kind of a lot of things i just like a lot of things I hear I don't really care about. I don't even care about my own music 90% of the time. I just kind of like, I don't know what it is. I think it was just hearing her play a lot growing up. And then um, I, I appreciated it more when I became, you know, an adult. I'm like, oh, my mom's got a unique voice. I'm like, oh, she actually doesn't sound like a lot of other people. And, no. Oh, she actually, you know, she I, she's written some stuff from, you know, right, way back in the day where I would hear it. I'm like, oh, that's she was she was this artist you know and i didn't see her as an artist it was just my mom who knew how to do a thing then you get older and you're like oh wow she's this artist you know it was it was just yeah it's pretty um you know it's incredible the things we appreciate as we get older you know absolutely absolutely um, yeah and uh going uh, a little bit more towards music and and finally rounding the corner talking about buffalo a little bit uh mm -hmm. another another very cliche question uh what when you're on tour uh two two part question is there a band or an artist that you have always wanted to tour with and uh what is uh, this is i i fucking hate asking this question but it's usually a good one what is your favorite place to play um a band or artist i've ever wanted to tour with i don't think i have one because it because i don't think i, I like for as far as like touring goes i'm like you just want to do a good job and you want to either, if you're a headliner, great. And if you're opening for someone, I could be like, I just, I appreciate the opportunity to open for mo most people. Um, like, you know, we both said we really like Jack White. I love mm -hmm. Jack White. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what if he might suck on tour. I don't know. He might be a terrible, <laughs> he might be a terrible person to tour with for all I know, you know, but um, tour is like a whole different thing. You just want people who respect each other and, you know, um, it could be someone you love who is terrible to tour with but um uh we've toured with a few people before who were really just a joy and and, and it's all and a lot of times it ends up not even being the, the lead singer it's like their sound guy who you connect with or you know the, the the guy who whose job it is to you know he's one of the roadies for that crew and uh like i think we were toured with rodrigo e gabriella once and uh one of their kind of roadies was uh I, an Irish gentleman who I still sometimes his name Mike. We still talk on Facebook today. So I'm like, awesome. guy, yeah, I was like, that guy, he's really cool. He kind of just, he kind of really connected with our whole group. But, uh, and as far as favorite place to play, man, I hate to say it, but, uh, I love Nashville and Nashville is kind of just, it's one, it's that it, it feels so cliche and it is just the place for all music, but, there's a reason that it got its title and its name. And I thought for so long, I wasn't going to love this place. I wasn't going to, I was like, it's going to, uh, it's going to just be saturated. It's not, you, it is, but it, it, in a good way. And if, it, 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 and we've played a couple of times. And that was one of the best, you know, experiences as far as music and sound and hearing yourself come back. Yeah. It was incredible. Where'd you play a few times? I'm sorry, we lost you there for just half a second. Oh, oh, okay. Let's see. Which part did I? Uh, uh, you played. You said you played blank. Uh, we, you played. We, we lost you a couple times, and that was really fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, wait, you lost me a couple times, connection-wise. 
No, no, we lost you when you said you were saying where you were playing. Where you were playing. Oh, okay. Oh, the yeah. Ryman. The Ryman a couple oh, times. Ryman. You okay. played at the, I've always wanted to see a show at the Ryman. Oh, man, it was incredible. Yeah, I, know, I did say the Ryman, and I looked at you guys. <laughs> you both, <laughs> I was like, and, and I was like, oh, man, I don't think they're big Ryman fans. <laughs> uh, to, like, <laughs> to me, I think the Ryman, and, and I, don't, I don't know if this opinion, this is my personal opinion, I would rather see a show at the Ryman than the Opry. Oh, yeah, me, me too, likewise, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of history at the Opry, but I, I've seen uh, live performances and photos of, of people I know that have been to shows at the Ryman, and it just seems like a spectacle almost. Right. Like the, the, the Opry is like going to like Disney World or something like that. Yeah, and then, it's, it's very saturated. And, and Yes. And, and it's like a museum. And then like the Ryman is like going to an incredible venue. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, you definitely want to see music at the Ryman, most definitely. It's uh yeah, it's incredible. You can hear like when you go there and like the stuff isn't all plugged up. It's like you can hear. They say like I guess you can hear perfectly from like every seat in the house. I guess because people used to give speeches there, and Charlie Chaplin did it's amazing his stuff there. Yeah, like presidential speeches were given back before people had all the mics and all that. That place is has some creepy history. That's one of my favorite things about about my job at Alt Buffalo was uh, these venues when I worked in Rochester and Buffalo, and you, you get to walk in the back and you get to see the photos of people that were that have been there and played there, and you're like, I'm walking the same halls as as these people that that were playing there, and and they they might have been in this green room or or uh, I'm on the same stage that this guy play was playing and singing on, and it, it, it's a cool feeling. I, I used to do yes. that a lot when I was starting out when I was younger. You know, there's a few venues here in Buffalo that I'd play, and like there uh, there used to be this venue called Club Infinity, and they would have the lists of the list of artists that played on that stage, and we, we were like 16 years old. You look at that, and you're like. Local H played here. Bush played here. Like, mm. uh, what? Yeah, I'm not yeah. on the same stage as 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 Gavin Rossdale. And like, so you're like, it's mind blowing when you're young because yeah. it's it's such a fiery passion for it. Yep. You say these people that like influence what you're doing, and it's like, oh my god, this is amazing. And as someone that doesn't play music, just uh, when I was doing when I would do stage announcements for all Buffalo shows, and just I'm I'm not I'm not playing music, but I'm I'm on the stage and I'm seeing the same thing that these people saw when they were playing. Yeah, and it, it's a cool feeling. Yeah, yeah it really is. It's uh, kind of gives you like goosebumps a little bit, and uh, yeah, there's a that hist- Whenever you get into that history side of things, it's uh, yeah, just you could appreciate it in a whole different way, especially if you go overseas and everything, how old everything is, the buildings yeah. and. You're just like, man, this isn't just cool because of who played here. It's cool because of, goodness, like the medieval times or, <laughs> the, yeah, you know, yeah. there was a old, yeah, an old king was given a speech here. <laughs> so yeah, if you're really going back that far, it's got to be a completely different feeling at that point. Exactly. Yeah. I remember one time whenever we did one of those shows at the Ryman, there was a, I forgot, we were opening for Old Crow Medicine Show. It was like their New Year's their new year's eve performance and we were opening for them and then um i they had a guy who was doing announcements like in between the acts and stuff like that and i can't remember what this guy's name was it's like a famous guy who's he's announced everybody brought him in like um introduced people elvis he goes way back and he's got this deep booming voice 
And I remember he came up to the green room and he was like, hey, hey, is this the Madison and Ruth? And they're like, oh, hey, we're here. And he comes up and he's like, hey, you going to play uh, some original songs tonight? And I said, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to play most, <laughs> I think, uh, originals and maybe maybe one cover, but mostly originals. And he goes, oh, boy, that's good. He said, you know, they'll hoot and holler for them covers, but they're going to learn to love your originals. I said, Oh, I love this guy. Yeah, yeah. That head <laughs> was so good. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. I was like, go on the road with me, introduce us every single show we do. I love him. Yeah. It, it made me feel good. Yeah, he was an old, old guy. Yeah. So to kind of maybe follow, I'm sure you've been asked this before, but to follow a cliche question with maybe another cliche. <laughs> so, um, you played Letterman. Yeah. I, I guess just from, I'm asking purely from another musician standpoint, how the hell did that feel? Like what, what, oh, what was the feeling going into that? Like from the point of like learning, like I'm about to play David Letterman to, right. or to just doing it. Um, it was, it was pretty wild because, you know, so like my mom and I, we had played, um, it was uh, it over. It was in LA. It was this thing called the Grammy Luncheon. I guess they do like a luncheon where people, like I guess maybe all the people who vote in the Gram- for the Grammys or whatever, have like this lunch thing beforehand. And so they have all these different artists play beforehand. So that was crazy. I thought that was like the crazy thing. And yeah. it was all sorts of people backstage. Fallout Boy was there. It was so random. It was like my mom and I played. Then Fallout Boy went on stage. It was <laughs> That's like, sweet. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was, who booked this? And we we went out there and we played. And I guess somebody from that crowd saw that performance and then said, hey, get those guys over on Letterman. So whenever we were done with all that in LA. We take the flight back to Kansas City. We're in Kansas City, I want to say, for less, less than 24 hours. And they're like, hey, guess what? You got to do Letterman. And they want you to do it, like, the day after tomorrow. Or I was like, or no, I think it was like, yeah, maybe the day after tomorrow. And so we had to get right back up in the air, go to New York now, and then go do Letterman. And it was all happening so quick. And our hometown radio uh, station was, they wanted to do a live interview in the what's the little deli the guy that he works with letterman do you guys know that guy rupert oh, oh yeah I, um, I can picture it i can't remember the deli but i can, I think, I can yeah. picture it i think the guy's name's rupert who like runs that that deli we so we went into that deli and it was all of this like the, the madison you and ruth about to go on how does it feel kansas city's behind you they're telling us all this stuff and i was like dang i wasn't I wasn't really nervous, but I'm kind of getting <laughs> a little bit rattled <laughs> because you just felt like the weight of Kansas City was like watching. I guess like anytime somebody from, you know, we're, you know, Kansas City's pretty small and, you know, you're going to, you're going to notice when something like this happens. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, man, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was rattling. It was right after the, the Super Bowl. So Bill Belichick was on that day. <laughs> so he oh, wow. was kind of floating around and then um and yeah i don't know like once once we started playing everything disappears and that's really kind of how it that's kind of how you do every show you just kind of play the way you would at your house because that in that moment she, my mom was right but she's the only person that exists in my brain in that moment so i'm just kind of like hey i'm playing with her let's just kind of feed off each other do what we always do and I keep saying this, if you fail and it goes terrible, 
so what? What's the worst that can happen? You're, you're, you just, you die and you die. Someday yeah. you'll die. Who cares, right? Yeah. Who you gave it a shot? The uh, bands that are perfection, like when they, when they play live and, and they, and you, you can tell when someone messes up and, and then they get frustrated and it kind of ruins the whole vibe of the show a little bit. Yep. Right. You're never, unless you're a band that's been playing together for 30, 40 years, and it's just muscle memory at this point. You're never going to play anything perfect. And you're right. going to mess up. And just just rock with it. No one's there to hear you do it perfect. They're there to see a show. We're people. Yes. We, the, the, we're all people. And we're going to yes. screw up. We're going to sing the wrong lyric to a song that you wrote. We're going to say the wrong thing yep. that we've said a billion times in our, in our life already. It's just... It's, yeah, I... And whenever you see those little mistakes or whatever, it, it is a, it's a, a human reminder. It's those little reminders of like, oh, yeah, 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 we're human. And I, kind of, I think we, we all kind of love them. And, and not only that, we also love whenever you see people do it a little differently than how they heard it on, um, on the record. Like, I remember, I really, love, I really love that band, Band of Skulls. You guys remember Band yes. of Skulls? I love that band, you know? I, I liked them until they lost their drummer and they, they changed up their sound a little bit. Is that what happened? Yeah, their drummer oh, left. Man. They, they, they turned a little more electronic with the, with the drum machine. Uh, but, uh, but their first couple of albums are fantastic. Yes, completely. Wait, so they do it just two, as, as a duo with the drum machine? Yes, the, it's, just, oh. it's just the two now. It used to be a three-piece. It's like the kills now. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a bummer. But even as a trio, to, for them to make that type of sound out of just those three folks. But I saw them when they did that song... Um, you know, that the, I want to see you in the morning. You know, that oh, tip? yeah. Whenever they were going to do that, did you? Yeah. Whenever they were going to do that song, um, they, they carried out the intro for a long time. And it, it just felt like such a human moment. We all knew what was happening. We knew the song that was coming. And I saw them do that live. And I just remember thinking, like, man, this is why people don't want perfection. They don't want exactly what that record does. Yeah. It, and uh, to, to pivot to talking about Buffalo a little bit, you've played. Uh, uh, you and uh, and your mom had a, a pretty good relationship with all Buffalo through, I, I believe, yes. Nick. Uh, yes. And you played here quite a bit, and uh, you get you got uh, a lot of fans here in Buffalo. Uh, you you played one-off shows for us. You did our festival for us. Uh, uh, you would hear you would be here not even on an alt Buffalo show, just on tour that that we would we would pick up and talk about and stuff like that. And uh, one uh, speaking of intros, one of my favorite things, I forget where the show was. Uh, it was, it was this big auditorium type place. And uh, you, you played this, uh, I, I could be remembering this wrong because I was a little intoxicated, but when you played silent movies, you, you did this like extended intro for it a little mm, bit. Yes. And, and, and you were, you were, and then you kind of built up and then, and then you finally hit that guitar riff. And it, it, I thought that was really awesome to hear live because it was like you were building up to it to a song that everyone knew. And then when that hit, everyone was like, oh, it's, it's silent movies. Like, yes, I, I think, I think that's that, awesome. I think it's great to do that, too, because it's, um, it, it gives you also a little bit of a break while you're up there and you're playing. And, and I mean, I've, I tried to do that more, especially like just as we grew uh, playing together where I'm like, I just want to noodle and sit here and just kind of noodle in this. And, and this isn't a race and they always, you know, people want to make you almost feel like if you're going to go up there and perform and do a whole show, you kind of just have to get to it, get to it, get to it. And to some degree you do, you don't want to have too much of a space, but 
if you sit there though and you just kind of noodle around a song, it's like remember to relax and also like you want remember to enjoy that moment. Enjoy the fact that people came to see you. Enjoy the fact that you're doing something you love and that you can share it and that hopefully they can take something away from it. But when you sit there and just noodle like on a song like that, it's it's there's no better feeling. It's like you know you're about to go into it, but you're but let but you know what, let's hang out for a while before we do yeah. let's you know, it's so much fun. Yeah. I really enjoy that. I, I know that uh, you play so many shows and uh uh, I, I hate asking these questions, but uh, we do want to talk about Buffalo. Then, then why do you ask him, Phil? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Phil. These cliche questions. All right, l- listen. I get. We're gonna go on. We're here, ready? We're not. No more cliche questions, Madison. No, 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 no. no if no, you no. could take, if you could take a peanut butter sandwich and add any food to it, just random food, whether it tastes yeah. like shit or not, what would it be? Salad with uh, with uh, olive oil. Now a that's. Bit. A question, Phil. Salad, so, olive oil, a little bit of garlic, and <laughs> dude, he gives yo, he gives me this look on at some point during every podcast. The I hate you. Shut up. And I love it. It's not a successful oh. podcast unless I piss Phil off. Oh man, my, my mom gives me a look on the podcast all the time, and I always tell her, I'm like, they can't see that. They're listening. <laughs> I mean, they're they're listening. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying terribly to do a segue, Mike. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Segue, Buffalo it's- segue. Let's do it. Uh, when you when you played Buffalo, I, I was I was at I think every show you've done in Buffalo, and you, when you played either the small venues or festivals, people always uh, see were 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 there and they loved it. And mm. and I, I just I, I'm wondering if Buffalo was always a place that when you saw that you were going to be there on tour, if that was one of those places that you're like. Oh sweet, we're going to Buffalo, or it's like, oh, fuck, we're going to Buffalo. <laughs> the latter for sure. <laughs> no, Hell yeah. no, no, no. I always love, dude. I love Buffalo. I love. I mean, I love any time that they say that we're going there because you guys always give us so much love. I always love. I love hanging out with Nick. I love uh, all you guys there. I just like you, you guys. You promote, and I can tell you guys in, really enjoy the stuff and. You uh, you guys have given us all these doorways and uh, nice uh, radio moments and cool opportunities and dude it's it's fun and we always hang out afterwards. Yeah, and I, yeah. I feel like uh, Buffalo and Kansas City are very similar. Yes, where where people people know of Buffalo and they know of Kansas City, but they're not New York, they're not LA, they're not these huge Chicago, cities. LA. Yeah, exactly, yeah. they're they're these places that people know them because they have professional sports teams, and if they didn't, they're probably very obscure. Yes, exactly. And, uh, so I, I feel like uh, Buffalo and Kansas City are, are very similar to each other in that way. And in Kansas City, you have uh, your barbecue, and Buffalo has chicken wings, and yes, and, and, and it's it's a very similar vibe. I feel like between the two. Yeah, you like I don't know I don't know what it is, but um, I like I, I don't feel like I've seen this a lot. Where like the way that you guys did at the station, where you're or you guys are all like y'all want to hang out. Like I have a. I, I have a lot of really good memories of hanging out after shows. Um, three that come to right off the top of my head, and all of them involve wings. <laughs> but uh, Swanee House. Yeah, I think whenever I did, uh, I think kerfuffle out there. Like right after we had played, it was so much fun, and then we like hopped into the um, 
into like the trailer there and there was like wings everywhere in the trailer and I had no idea where they came from and I didn't ask questions I just started eating I could have been eating you know uh you know Violet Femme's wings <laughs> <laughs> and that was the other memory was that we actually went to you guys what's the is it anchor bar or a bar right. you guys said is one of the oldest bars, I guess. Swanee House. There's Swanee House oh, and there's Anchor I, Bar too. I was yeah. I was gonna bring this up. I remember after the show we were walking and we you and I were both very intoxicated, but we were we were talking. Wait, you and I were? I guarantee you I wasn't. I because oh. I, I promise you I remember every single thing. <laughs> okay. Well then well then I was and I I completely embarrassed myself probably. No, but, it's no, you I remember but, you you held yourself together real well. <laughs> but we were we were walking to uh, to Swanee House, and then we got there, and uh, and we got a huge plate of wings, and uh, it was it was awesome, and that was that was uh, the thing we always did after kerfuffle was we went to Swanee House. Yes, yes, it, and how great was that, you know? And I mean, dude, from the guy from the Violent Femmes came over and said, "Were you that other one that was up on stage?" And I was like, "Yeah, that was me." And he said, "Okay, can I sit with you guys and talk for a while?" And we just ended up talking. Music that's awesome. For, it was it was nuts. Uh, they the drummer for the Violent Femmes. I was like, man, my sister made me listen to these guys. <laughs> I, I'm a, I, when Nick told me that the Violent Femmes were playing, I was like, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I, I was a huge Violent Femmes fan, and I didn't know that that would be something that people would would because we only play. Everyone only knows Blister in the Sun. Yes, but the, there's so many great Violent Femmes songs and. And seeing them live and just seeing how quirky they were and the drummers playing a fucking UFO grill with the, all these attachments hooked up right, to it. Right, right. And it was, it was uh, something that I was proud Buffalo got to see. And, and that was the thing with Kerfuffle was we always had the bands that we would play in the air, like the, the, the bands that had dropped an album or, or had a hot single out or, or were friends of the station like, like you guys. And uh, we would always have those bands like Cake. Uh, mm. Femmes, like those those old school cake was sweet. Cake was awesome, and I was pissed off that I was dragged away from cake at Kerfuffle. That's a whole other story. But I'm just yeah, I don't jumping like back dra- in here. I don't like getting dragged away from cake in any fashion. <sighs> but uh, I Would love you, cake. Uh, do you prefer uh, to, to bounce off that? Uh, do you prefer to play a solo show or do you like the festival atmosphere? Um. Oh boy. Well. The festival atmosphere has its moments where it can be really fun. Um, but as far as like the perform, like I-, I love the festival for everything but the performance, I think. <laughs> like <laughs> the performance fair. actually can be, it can be fun if you're playing to a bunch of people and they're really into it and it's a giant crowd. That, that can be really fun. But for the most part, I think what, what I think works the best for the type of music that we play is we have to have we have to be able to bring things down and intimate and quiet and we don't want it to just be like all right let's just let's not let's not let anybody go to sleep so yeah you know that that's not as fun for us i think we like to be able to do like you said at the very beginning of silent movies just kind of pluck away or just do a dreams acoustic of dreams and no band no drums nothing and just you, it's hard to do that at a festival they're like you're going to play that on stage ah jeez yeah like, so you- you played Bonnaroo, right? Yeah. Okay, so so was it really kind of hard to do that at Bonnaroo? Just kind of uh, like noodle around? Because I, I know it's a huge festival. So right. Was it kind of hard to kind of bring people in at Bonnaroo, do you feel? Um, yeah, but that was because it was so hot that day, particularly oh, that yeah. no, nobody came in. They all were out under like a tree. Like everybody was – like there was hardly anybody – 
like there was just a few people that were there, but they said, I don't know if this was like some weird record heat. I don't know, but it was crazy. And people were, there was a couple people back there in the shade. There was some people kind of standing, but most people got out. And so we were just like, ah, and we were just dying up there. So, I mean, it was fun, but it it wasn't as packed as it could have been. And a lot of people were just kind of, and I thought for many performers, performers who went up that day, just people were not getting close to that stage. Yeah. So it's, it's hard, it's harder to draw in on that kind of way, but you definitely want to, I like to play the intimate spots though. Yeah. Yeah. Were were there, um, now you played Buffalo, I believe Phil, you said three times. Uh, I had to be more than that. Uh, there was, the show at the theater I was talking about, I know you played mm-hmm. Kerfuffle. And oh, Riviera? Actually, was uh, I know you did uh, uh, an acoustic set for us at Babeville before a show. Oh, that's yes. Babeville's, Babeville's great. Um, there so it might have it been... Then we did the bruise on the... Bruise, so it was four. So bruise on the water as well. Yes, yeah. And, and bruise on the water was my favorite event. I love that event. Oh, sweet, man. I lo- oh, that was the rainstorm. Yes. That was a, a straight-up lightning storm. Went and that was crazy. That was the same night that we went back to Nick's and we were uh, hanging around the bonfire. Was that Because he lived right around yes. the corner from there. Oh, uh, yeah. Great time, man. Yeah. Oh, that was, uh, He's we been got... here four times. I've missed him every time. Uh, <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> I'll be at the next one. <laughs> yeah, please. I mean, the, it was insane with that lightning because they were like, should we unplug where it's getting to the moment of being dangerous we kept going man we yep. we, we went for quite a while so i don't know if we ever did unplug i think we finally did i think but, uh, i think i think it got to a point where you did for a while and then you you, you went back on yeah. uh but uh, i do remember that show because uh we were shooting shots of jameson backstage with you oh yeah well michter's <laughs> wasn't michter's whiskey there as well do you guys yes yes, yes. I'm a I'm a huge whiskey fan and it doesn't take much to make me happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That make this was good. Yeah, you guys treat us really good when we go there. It's always a fun time. We appreciate that. Which uh which was kind of a, a bummer when Alt Buffalo ended cuz we we the thing with Alt Buffalo was uh we had a real great connection with the people here, which not a lot of radio stations do because a lot of them are just super corporate and they're just pumping out stuff. And, and, and we had a real good connection with the listeners, uh, with we had, people loved kerfuffle. They loved the uh, kerfuffle before Christmas. They, uh, when, when Alt Buffalo folded uh, as it was, uh, people that I, I had never heard of were reaching out to me on Twitter. Like, Oh, I loved your show. I loved what you guys did on Alt Buffalo. And mm-hmm. like, it, it sucks. And, and that, that was really awesome to me. And it, it, it sucks that, when you guys come back, you're not going to have that. It, it, even if Alt Buffalo does sponsor the show, it's not the same Alt Buffalo. Right, right. So you're not, you're not going to have that connection with, with the station. And then with the station, you're not going to have that connection with the listeners as well. Which, right, right. It, which I feel like uh, is a bummer here because Alt Buffalo introduced a lot of people in Buffalo to music they probably would have never listened to. Mm. Yeah, a lot of these stations, a lot of these stations going through those similar, you know, circumstances, and yeah, it's 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 a bummer, man. And you you know you appreciate what it was, I guess that's when it was here, and uh, hopefully something uh, interesting and new can come out of that rubble, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah. but I hope that it doesn't uh, keep you guys away from Buffalo. 
No, man, we're not going to. Hey, that station's gone. So the city. <laughs> the city is gone. The city is dead to us. Yeah, we don't recognize. You're not on the map anymore. <laughs> dude, dude, fuck it. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just pay him to come play the porch. Oh, that would be sweet. Ooh, we got to play. Get now, your- look, this is the front porch podcast. I don't see any porches or fronts or anything. So it's today, still cold here. <laughs> today was the first 60 degree day, but when uh, we do have a front porch. And when, when in the summertime, we do plan on recording a few episodes out there. Hell yeah. Oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Did I break the illusion or did I? No, <laughs> okay, no they're going to they're gonna see it anyway. They're going to see this little, little room we're stuffed in here and they're going to go, that's not a porch. <laughs> yeah. Two <laughs> windows. Should call it the two window podcast. The two windows. Yeah. The fires! <laughs> two window and a memorial of a guy in the middle podcast. <laughs> Jared. RIF, rest in fish. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't I don't want to pry. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up here in a second. But uh, I you did mention earlier that during the pandemic, and I, I did want to bring this up earlier that you've been writing a whole bunch of songs. Mm. So uh, I, I don't want to I don't want to break any news. And if you don't want to answer this, it's fine. Is there any new uh, Madison Ward and the Mama Bear music in the works? Um, well, I don't I don't know. There could be uh, uh, possible recordings, but I don't want to commit to anything like that. But I I wouldn't say that that. The conversation's not off the table. It's definitely, if like I'll put it to you this way: if the recordings, if we start recording something, it'll probably happen soon. But if we, but if we don't, we don't. <laughs> so, but if, Fair. but if, yeah. So, but if it does happen, it'll probably be sooner than later. So, there's definitely lots of um, songs written through the pandemics, not just quarantines. It's, yeah, uh, <laughs> lot, lot, lots of stuff. Uh, Blonde Bryce, who I hang out with here at his house, this is his cat. So I'm not a cat guy. So this is a lot of love right now. You're you're witnessing. <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of songs, a lot of stuff that's uh, fun to write throughout this whole time. I did you guys find you were really creative during this whole pandemic? Just kind of yeah. That, yeah. This is actually uh, bef- before the pandemic, we were talking about doing this podcast, and uh, uh, when the pandemic hit and. We, we were talking about it even more. And then finally when Old Buffalo folded, it kind of gave us the, the kick to finally like, let's, let's fucking do it. Like, let's, 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 let's go it. for it and see what happens. And uh, we, this is our 13th episode. Yeah. 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 And uh, we, we've got uh, right now almost 60 followers on Spotify, which is nice for us doing 13 episodes when we didn't think anyone would care what we would have to say. Yeah. For mm-hmm. us, that's huge. And, uh, yes. and, uh, we, we don't even care how many people we have. We just like to get, we, we get to talk to people. We get to put out their, uh, our opinions. And if people want to listen, they listen. And, yes. uh, it, for me, it's a, it, I think it's a great creative thing because when I was on Buffalo, yeah, I, I got to talk about, I was, I mentioned this earlier. I got to talk about what I wanted to, but there's also the, the corporate shit that I had to mention every hour. And yes. I couldn't, I couldn't exactly, I only had one break per hour where I could, talk about something i wanted to and with mm. this I, I can get out all my opinions on something and, and it's a long a long form thing and uh it's really helped with creativity because yeah. I'm, I'm not a musician i i, I don't I, i'm not a uh, i don't play music i enjoy music thoroughly i'm a huge music fan but right. i don't play music so for me this is my creative outlet no. that's awesome i love that i love some of the things people created throughout this whole thing i mean even some of the you know the live performance stuff, which has been a little bit, you know, weird. Like I played some shows distant, social distant shows throughout the pandemic in some areas. And, uh, and, you know, they're weird, you know, but they're, but it's fun. You know, it's like, nothing is as weird as, you know, so many musicians who have had to do this, 
they can complain about a social distance show, but I'm like, I guarantee you nothing is as weird as those first few shows you ever did when you started playing. Yeah. So it's like, this is just, you have to get your mind back into what you ever did the first time you ever played for people, you know? Absolutely. And that's really what it feels like. I played all of two shows last year and just, I was beyond thankful. I played a backyard and I played uh, this little like barn grill. And yes. it's, 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 that's a place I've never even played as a little like, uh, well, maybe not in years at least, but uh, just to get back up there and just play some originals, throw a couple covers in. I played for like two and a half hours. I just did not mm. want to stop. I, it was just amazing. I did that a couple times too, where I didn't want to stop. And I, I think I was maybe upsetting some people. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I was, I didn't want to quit playing. I just kept playing another, I was playing like every, uh, here's one thing I wrote once whenever yeah this you know <laughs> I, I did it i did something called a door-to-door poor boy tour where i asked people like if they wanted us to come and play like on their porch or backyard or whatever let us know reach out to us so we had a bunch of people reach out and we ended up doing like five shows in one day where we it was me a drummer and a guitarist with a portable pa and we plugged up and we went over from place to place we played on a fire escape we played on what a couple of different people's backyards and it was all like little 40 minute shows just throughout the day. It was like 92 degree heat. It was, it was amazing. Insane. Yeah. Amazing. I loved it. So great. That's awesome. And I kind of wish that I was in Kansas city because I would be like, fuck yes. Come play on my porch. <laughs> Dude, it was fun. It was a good time, you know, and we got to get like really kind of like up close, not too close, but up close with these folks, you know, who you could tell they were just like, man, we're just trying to get through this thing. And mm-hmm. they've been, you know, you can tell they've been together through the pandemic. They, they just want to hear some music. Um, and you're giving yeah. them something to take their mind off. What's going on? Yeah. And vice versa. They're giving it to me, like being able to go out there and play like that. And I played a bunch of new things I'd been writing throughout the pandemic. So it felt like a stand up comment going to like try jokes out for some people going like, what do you think about this? And there's no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no that's pressure. So good. Yeah. That, that, that's awesome. And I, I, I kind of wish more musicians would have done that during the pandemic mm. because the, the big thing was uh, the live stream. And, and I, pay, I paid for live streams because it's it, during the pandemic. That was a lot of, the only way that artists would get money. Uh, yes. And so, yeah, I would, I'd buy the live stream, but just having that, that connection of being like, let me come play on your porch. Like, like I don't want to play for you over zoom or whatever. Like I want to come play for you in person. That, yeah, that's a, that's a different that's kind amazing. of connection. Yeah. I kind of had to say no to zoom. Like a lot of people kept asking for the zoom and I, I was like, I can't, I just, I can't do it. I did it. I think I did it maybe once or twice, but I was like, I can't do this. I just can't do it. Just something I get people need, whatever. But I don't, I honestly don't even think the person watching it is really enjoying it. I think they're kind of indulging it sometimes. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, you sit there and you play and I'm like, do you like this? You like, you like me coming, coming through your laptop very inadequately. I just couldn't do it. (laughs) I had had friends that would call me and be like, dude, I'm bored. Play me a song. Oh really? Yeah, I I had buddies of mine I'd be like, dude, just play me, play me. I am afraid. I love the demandingness of it all. <laughs> like, I, like, that, like that would be instant. Like, play I'm, me a song now. I'm bored. Yeah. What are they uh, like a Roman emperor like eating grapes? Play like, me a song. <laughs> I decree. I am bored. Play me Wonderwall. Yeah, Maybe like I, play me. I am afraid. Play me your song Atlantic Waves. All right, now do this cover. Right. What? Well, hold on. Here. <laughs> I am watching a movie. Yeah. <laughs> by myself yeah. in the dark. Yeah, now do a. I'm joined by me, Tom, right now. <laughs> do the moonwalk. Okay, now. All right, now wiggle. Now hop on one foot. Now. 
<laughs> They're telling you to do all these things. All right, now put on the leotard and, and dance to single ladies for me. Yeah. Like a don't be a menace. Now say rubber baby buggy bumper. <laughs> <laughs> rubber baby buggy bumpers. There you go. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to bother. Uh, rubber here, rubber oh, baby buggy Okay. What? Rubber, rubber baby buggy bumpers. Rubber, rubber, baby, baby, rubber baby buggy bumpers. She sells she ah, see. Yeah, do the sea sell. She sells seashells down by the seashore. Yep. Ooh, right, there we go. Wait, what is it? She sells seashells down by the seashore. Yep. yep. She sells seashells down by the seashore. She she sells seashells. I don't know. Do you ever do the toy boat? That one used to be tough. Say toy, toy like say it like ten times in a row, like real quick. Toy boat. Toy boat. Toy boat. Toy oh. boat. Toy boat. To, oh wow, that's <laughs> yeah. hard. Toy boat. Yeah. Toy boat. To, oh, yeah. Boat. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a tough one. The only yeah. one I was ever good at was the woodchuck one. How much wood would woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Yep. Well, that one's it's a perfect percussion. That one. Yeah. How much wood would woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck? Could, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Madison, uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us for a couple hours. Uh, we don't of want course. to take too much of your time. We got to do the final questions. We, we do have some, but we do have some final questions for you. Sweet. And uh, Mike, uh, why, why don't you go ahead? <clears throat> All right. Madison. Yes, sir. Recently in the news, we've been to Mars. We just landed a rover there. Mm. My question is, mm-hmm. why have we not done that yet with the sun? With the sun? Um, well, you know, I think we tried a few times. We That's got a question. We actually got pretty close a few times, you know, real close. Well, actually the exact same distance every time we tried. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think that it's just about, it's, I think it, I'm going to have to say it's the heat. Okay. And probably a lot of the blazing fire stuff. And I think that if we're really going to try to crack this thing, we're going to have to somehow find a way to do it from the inside. Like a nuke? Some sort of nuke, some sort of, uh, you know, suppository for the sun to take. And uh, just, we're going to have to find a different angle because we is... can't keep doing it the way we've been doing it. I'm going to call NASA on your behalf after this, after we're done here. We'll, we'll get in touch with their people. Uh, you've got some damn good ideas. Please do, man. I need money and I just <laughs> give me some royalties and shout my name out. Yeah. Sun Suppository, backed by Madison Ward. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a band name right there. Sun Suppository. Yeah. Phil, <laughs> so my, my question is a two-parter that has no relation at all. Okay. Uh, uh, the first one is, uh, uh, my mom recently started doing this. Uh, does your mom let you watch rated R movies? Rated R movies. First rated R movie I ever saw was Green Mile. My parents took me to go see it and uh, saw it in the theater with them. Messed me up, really, to be honest with you, because they killed that guy in the end. Rest in peace, Michael Clark Duncan, actually. But that movie, it jacked me up. And, uh, you know, for a while, though, uh, yeah, I couldn't see the rated R movies. But they, uh, you know, actually, I think I always could at some point, now that I'm thinking about it. Because I remember I saw... You guys remember that movie American Werewolf in Paris? It was the yeah. really bad one. Yeah. I saw that in the theaters, and I was like, I think I was nine or something. Whenever I don't know, I was I shouldn't have seen that. <laughs> the first one I saw with uh, with my parents was Deep Blue Sea, and Sam- I saw that with my parents too. Damn, Samuel L. Jackson fucking dying in the middle of the movie while giving this huge epic speech to to rally the people was one of the funniest things I've seen. In my life, it, even so as good. even as a nine year old, I was dying laughing. 
That's insane. I, I had one of – it was an incredible scene I, that whenever he jumps up. I, I remember I kept thinking, he's, stand, he's standing all, awfully close to that giant hole in the ground for uh, a movie about sharks eating people. But I remember I saw that with my dad and my brother. We loved it because it was just action movie, you know, great. And then I get home. And my mom's like, what, did you go see a movie? It's like, yeah, we saw Deep Blue Sea. It's a shark movie. Mom, you got to watch it. And she's like, what? What is it? I said, it's about sharks. You got to see it. It's called Deep Blue Sea. It's crazy action. People die. It's, it's fish eating people. You got to come watch it. She's like, I don't want to see that, man. I said, mom, you got to see it. And then, so she's like, she humored me. This is not a mama bear thing. She would <laughs> never do this. She decided to go to the theater with me to see Deep Blue Sea. I'm seeing it now for a second time. Mama bear seen it for the first time. I've never seen someone more disinterested in a film in my entire life. <laughs> she could not have cared less. She was looking at the watch. She was eating the popcorn. I, she was disowning me as her child. And sure enough, uh, yeah, it was a big waste of time. And when I watched it with her, I was like, this movie's not as good as I remember it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, and my final question is, uh, you don't have to answer it. It, it might be uh, a little much, but uh, do you pee in the shower? Oh, yeah, you got to let it go, man. I mean, because sometimes, you know, you got to, you know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I do. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I do. My first instinct is to say yes, but uh, I don't know, pee in the shower. I don't know. You don't want to get that stuff near the feet, though, because, uh, you know, I mean, I heard I mean, that's an old wives tale, the peeing on the jellyfish sting. So uh, you don't want to have uh, what they call old piss toes, because you can, you can, if you pee in the shower too much, you can get old piss toes. And that's an old, uh, that's a thing they used to get back in the early 1900s. The you know the doctors couldn't cure it. Yeah, it was like drop foot, but it was piss toes though. And I, f- I feel like there's a song there. Yeah, yeah there was an old, el- old elixir. piss toes. <laughs> they give you an old. You'd have to get an elixir off the back of a wagon to cure your piss toes back in the day. So don't pee in the shower. There's a toilet for a reason, or you can be in the shower and try to aim for the toilet from the shower. Ooh. Now that's like that's like an Olympic game in itself. Yeah, yeah you don't want the bathroom Olympics. There. Don't give me any yeah. ideas. <laughs> Just a little rainbow stream into the toilet. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Madison, what, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Thank and, you so uh, much. Uh, do you want to shout out your uh, socials where people can find you? Yeah, look us up on uh, Madison Ward MB on Instagram. And then uh, Facebook is just Madison Ward. And it's all spelled out in the mama bear. And then uh, check out a uh, podcast called the Mad Mama Half Happy Hour. And uh, that's been really fun to do. Really cathartic. One of those cre- creative things that kind of come out of, like you were talking about, out of the pandemic. And uh, and uh, check that out. And uh, yeah, just we're online. And send us a message. We'll probably respond to you, you know. I've seen your, uh, your your replies to people's tweets and stuff like that, and, and they're very humorous. And oh, I, yeah. I I really enjoyed the uh, the podcast that you're doing with your mom. I think that you guys are, are have a great dynamic together. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and we're making music every time. I I, I originally started it just so we can not stop playing. So every single at least I'm always playing at my house, but her and I play together at least once a week. We're getting together. So uh, one one of the episodes that sticks out to me, and I don't remember the specific one, but I remember that later you shared that clip and uh, you and your mom were talking and then she just, she just busts out a song about what you guys were talking about. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's so awesome. That's the entire podcast. We're constantly, we'll, we'll talk for a long time, but we throughout it where we will sing about what we were just talking about uh, on on command. And uh, so uh, we just put up an episode um, 
well, whenever this comes out, I don't know. But uh, people, I hope, hopefully folks go listen. It's, it's just all improvisational music. And so uh, that combined with talking. So I've written three songs already about what we've been talking about. <laughs> the Buffalo Wings, <laughs> and the, and the Buffalo Wings, the Mario Kart, and the Pistos. I've this, <laughs> a lot of good songs out of this. There uh, we go. Where can they find the, the podcast? Like, where, where can they listen? It's on Apple. It's on Spotify and uh, Stitcher and just wherever folks get podcasts. And then uh, also um, they can uh, go to our Patreon if they want to subscribe and, 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 and give us money. And we'll put – and there, are, there is some bonus stuff on there. Like I've, I've uh, recently put like a random demo uh, that we made during this uh, – that I made during this uh, whole pandemic where I – would I would normally never share something like that, but I think that's kind of the freedom of this podcast. Is I think we'll start sharing music that we'll maybe even put on a record someday and share it while we're still writing it. So it's uh, Patreon.com/slash Half Happy. Half Happy. You gotta sign up for that when we are done with Absolutely. this. Absolutely. I, I I heard you I heard you guys mention your Patreon, but it's always slipped my mind to subscribe to it. So oh no worries, man. I mean, like I said, we haven't gone all crazy yet with all of the bonus stuff, but there is that demo there, and there is uh, uh, some other stuff we're gonna be. We recently called patrons to uh, new patrons and just had a little conversation. So we'll put that on the Patreon so people can just like hear what some of the random listeners are up to. And uh, so we'll start putting more and more stuff, but so that's, that's awesome. Uh, and I, I've said this about four times, but thanks for coming on. Uh, and uh, we hope to talk to you again in the future. Yeah. We definitely want to have you on again in the future. Please have me, man. I'm always around. And uh, yeah, I, I thank you guys so much for what y'all do and for what alt Buffalo has done. And it says memory card full on my end. So I don't know if I'm, <laughs> <laughs> did I just, did I break the thing? Did we, I don't know. It just said a memory card full. You, you just, you just broke the memory of it. Yeah. It's yeah, right, it's at, not right at the end. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> but thanks for having me guys. No, thank, yeah, you. thank you. And uh, we will talk to you again soon, Madison. All right, y'all take care. Peace. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, Mike here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Front Porch Podcast. If you liked our conversation with Madison Ward, you'll definitely love his music. Next week, we're speaking with Andy Mahalsik, a local skater and filmmaker, about skateboarding in Buffalo and his new film, Bouquet. So be sure to tune in, and we'll catch you next time. This episode's brought to you by Blue Chew and Cinnamon Altoids. <laughs> Perfect.